heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. We're hitting a milestone today, folks. This is episode number 160 of YWC Football Talk. As always, sponsored by Betstamp for the best odds. Shop for odds on Betstamp, Ontario, April 4th. Look out. Well, anyway, guys, look. The NFL is just the greatest reality show on TV. Uh, we got a lot to cover. We got broadcasting news. We've got player trades. We've got new play, play, new faces and new places. And what better way? Like, I feel like every time there's big news surrounding his team lately, <laughs> big rats here. Look, he was here when Mike McDaniel got hired. Now, yesterday there was a series of tweets that go out saying Tyreek Hill wants to get traded to, oh, gee, it's between the Dolphins and the Jets. Ultimately, Tyreek chose to go to Miami. And what better way to cover this and kind of like sorrow my pain than with uh, Big Rat himself, Big Rat 310, noted Dolphins fan, Dolphin fan extraordinaire of YWC Football Talk. Got the jacket on, got the oh. logo. Is that the salute service one or is that just a regular? Uh, I think this is a salute to service one, but I wouldn't know for sure. Oh, but yeah. Either way. If this uh, is an American flag backwards, it's salute to service. Oh, no, I don't think it's this one. Then. Yeah, oh, okay. Just a. I guess the I guess the green kind of threw me off because those are the usual salute service colors. Yeah, and the color scheme is similar to those jackets, so uh, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, my my team has been incredibly relevant over the past few months. Like Deshaun Watson trades last season, yeah, the, the Brian Flores stuff, which was its own story, and I also came on the podcast shortly after that lawsuit dropped. Yes, and now obviously what's happened the last two days, like. I'm so used to everyone saying my team is boring and there's nothing interesting about them and we're not getting covered like during the Tannehill years where we would just never get talked about. And now it's like they can't get themselves out of the news cycle the past six months. It's crazy. Yeah, but like, it's for the good this time, though, I feel like. And look, this is coming from a division rival. Like, It's one of those things It's for the good. You, but you keep seeing different angles of it, of like how – Miami, like, oh, like, you see how Bills, I've seen Bills swear kind of going like, oh, like, if Tua thinks he's getting a shootout with Josh Allen, good luck. I've seen, look, the Patriots are down bad, and then the Jets are kind of just the Jets, you know, where it's kind of like, they always get their hopes up, it's like, oh. But anyway, um, it's legitimately, and there's nine to ten teams who can legitimately make good cases of making the playoffs, and only seven of those teams are going to get in. Yeah, almost certainly there's no way around it because, like, this offseason as a whole, you know, it's been pretty crazy. Everyone's yeah. loading up. The only inevitable conclusion from this is one of the quote-unquote super teams or whatever is going to have a really disappointing season. Like, there's going to be – like, whether it be, like, the Browns, like, if Watson gets suspended for eight games and they only yeah. go 7-10, right? Like, something like that. Or the Chargers having, like, a very serious injury, which is very – Chargers esque as we know, yes. and they and they only go eight nine. Like that's going to happen to one of these teams, and like whether it be the Raiders or the Chiefs or the Broncos or the Colts, one of these teams that my team obviously like one of these teams that made these big moves is going to have a really disappointing year, and that's going to be like that's the only way I think this is going to make sense. Well, that that's just the NFL as a whole. Always have the teams that are disappointing. Like last year was the NFC West. You know, everyone was like, "Hey, Seattle could be good." Um, that's a take Danny and I stood by the, them missing the playoffs. We both got correct in August. 
Um, you had Arizona, San Francisco, we didn't know about. And then the Rams, everyone was like, okay, Matt Stafford. Um, my thing with Miami is right now, look, I think it's a good signing for you guys. I think more than ever now, this is the make it or break it year for Tua. You know how last year was Baker where it was like, okay, year three, let's see what he's going to do. Uh, yeah, no, year four, last year was year four, my apologies. But you know how like a lot of guys, like the, I'm going to say Daniel Jones, but obviously I know, look, you and I have a special connection with Daniel Jones. We still get to watch his primetime games. None of those are announced. But I'm just saying how like year three is a big year for a lot of these quarterbacks. Like, in his case, Giants fans wanted to see him progress. They surrounded him with talent. I think with Tua now, it's the same sort of thing where you need to see progression from Tua. You need to see him make those deep plays, those deep bombs. Because if not, that's when the whole, you know, quarterback carousel is going to start spinning again. And I feel like the Miami media is truly, truly going to pick up on, hey, do we need to get a change? Do we need to make a trade? Obviously, look, you had Danny sparking the, let's start the Kyler Murray to uh, Miami rumors, which I still think the Arizona Cardinals will get an extension done sometime before training camp. But with Miami, that's just how I feel is, look, for Tua, this is a show up or show up. This is a show up or get out kind of year. Yeah. Um, it's a big year for Tua. Uh, yep. That goes without saying. I think more important than actually playing well, I think it's going to be playing a full season. Um, yeah. Or at least something close to it. Like, if he plays 16 games, I don't think anyone's going to care. But, yeah, yeah having having to play – uh, having to play close to a full season, I think it's going to be a big part of this because uh, that's a big question mark on his career up to now. Even the most diehard two Dolphins fans would consent to that. Like, yeah, the injuries are a problem. So that is something that would need to be – that he would need to uh, prove. I think that's even more important than playing well because if he only plays well for six games and then like Terrace's ACL and it's off for the year, that could be the end of him in Miami, even if those are six good starts uh, because the health then just becomes too much to overcome. So I think that's the first priority. And then, yes, I do agree – um, I, I will say like, you know, people keep like, I don't think the offensive line is fully fixed yet. Like everyone's acting like it is because they got Teron Armstead and Connor Williams. I think that fixes the left side, but those guys got to stay healthy. Like, yes, because Connor Williams, that's been a problem in Dallas. Exactly. And then also the, the penalty thing that he had last year, which yes, as Dolphin Twitter, like is incessantly pointing out, well, that was only last year. He didn't have as many holding penalties in 2019 and 2020, but Last year is the most recent data that we have. So I don't think it's unreasonable to be concerned about it. And yeah, like if the Dolphins, like if the Dolphins offensive line is never healthy and it still is 29th in the league in pressures, like then, yeah, that's not fully helping the offense and the receivers. And, you know, like, so like, I I need to see what happens. Like Dolphin fans know this very well. Unfortunately, 2018, Josh Sitton, who the Dolphins signed a free agency to be their starting left guard. And this was, this was back what in that era of Dolphins offensive line, they were really good at the tackles in the center, but not in the guard spots. They had Laramie Tunsil and Jawan James uh, on the outside. And for years they had uh, Mike Pouncey in the center. And then that year. Yes. Was yeah. And so the problem was the, the guards, the guards were always like historically terrible, like worst guards in the league. And that's why their offensive lines would still be bad. Even with a bunch of first round picks to tackle because the guard play was just atrocious every single year. So overshadow the good tackle play. Exactly, because the, the penetration through the middle was, is harder to beat. And so when we signed Josh Sitton, everyone got excited. The first game against the Titans it looks great. And I was there, and I was actually watching him specifically that day. He was mauling. He was getting to the second level. He was creating lanes. He was communicating very well with everyone on where to, where to catch the stunts, where to catch the games. Like, he, was, he made a huge influence. And then he tore his biceps, and he was out for the year. And 
it's like all that promise, like Dolphin fans are so traumatized, like especially with Toronto Armstead's injury history, should be yep. noted, has never played 16 games. Obviously now you need to play 17. Um, every Dolphin fan is terrified of like what happened to Carl Lawson with the Jets last year. Like we're just expecting that, like for Toronto Armstead. And then everyone's going to say, well, we said no excuses for Tua. And it's like, okay, but if he's out for the year, then the excuses come back a little bit. So we'll have to we'll have to see how we'll have to see how his health holds up. That's a big uh, key to the to the season. Is going to be on offense. I would have to say whoever the right tackle is going to be, Tua's health and the health of the offensive line are the three keys that have to be hit in order for the offense to hit its potential. But yeah, I mean, after next year, he's eligible for an extension, and they have to make a decision on his fifth year option. So yeah, this is this is the year, make or break. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I agree with you. Look too with the with the offensive line. Look, you want to see also to you hope that Austin Jackson can make a true third year leap because I know his play has been fairly weak. I'm pretty sure well, he's playing guard for most of last year. I believe on the yeah, right side. He, or? he was well. He was playing. He was playing left tackle the first few oh, weeks of the season. He was, and he but he he did play guard for most of the year because he was at left tackle weeks one through five. He was so historically bad. Like, and he was he was like okay as a rookie, but for whatever yeah. reason as a sophomore he was. Maybe it's maybe it's just the bad luck of uh, the bad luck of uh, of uh, def- defenses they were playing. You know when they played the Bills and the Bills had like a for whatever reason they they had a they they perfectly knew what to a snap count would be each play because of the timing of the RPOs and so their DNs would just crash off the edge, destroy the offensive line. Then they played the Raiders the next week. That's Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. And then they played the Colts in their defensive line. And you had Darius Leonard coming up outside against Austin Jackson a lot. So he wasn't just bad. He was, like, so historically bad, they instantly moved him to left guard because they were so terrified that, like, the season would not be functional if he was at left tackle. That's how bad it was. But he was okay at guard. But now, obviously, left guard is probably going to be Connor Williams. So he's either going to have to move to the right side and play right tackle or right guard or be a backup. So the hope, I'm sure the front office is rooting for him to win a right tackle job in training camp or something. And then we'll have to see how he does on the right side and see if there's any progress. Exactly, because if he does lose the job in training camp, it just looks like an even worse of a draft pick. You want him to succeed. If you're Chris Greer, you want the best from Austin Jackson in 2022. Yeah, they just, they, but they rightfully, you know, they can't, they can't deceive him on that. That's why they had to turn on that. Like in a perfect world, you give him another chance to be the left tackle. You drafted him in the first round. That's what you wanted him to do. But you just the season is so important for their quarterback situation. They just they just can't risk it, and that's why they have to give Armstead all that money. And like look, I, I, they're fine with Ajax being on, on the offensive line, but they could not risk him being the left tackle again. So we'll have to see how exactly. So that's why you bring that's why you bring in someone. That's why for a lot of times, guys like that's like even why last year. Look at what I know. Kansas City drafted really well with Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. That's the reason why Tyler Leonard bombs really high on people's draft. We'll get into. Trust me, Big Rat's here tonight. He'll be back before the draft. Don't worry about that. Um, and then you Trey Smith would also do that's why they went out and traded and gave up their first round pick for Orlando Brown because they knew they needed help on the line. Paid the big box to get Joel Tooney. Uh, so it's the same sort of system with you guys and Toron Armstead and stuff. Like I spoke to my dad, who's a Saints fan, as many of you know, and he basically knew, look, he wasn't gonna get that money from the Saints. That's why he went somewhere else. Like I got asked tonight. Um, why did the Pats let Ted Karras walk? I thought he was good. Ted Karras last year, left guard, was playing really well. He just earned his payday, and he knew he wasn't—he was not going to get it from the Pats. That's why he went to the Bengals because the Bengals had the money. And look, that's an attractive spot now with Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, and now Ted Karras. That's that's a beefed up offensive line. And hopefully, too, they get a fourth year jump from Jonah Williams. Yeah, the Bengals—the Bengals did a really good job in that department, and I think fans like it's like. 
I think it can, and I think you would agree with me on this. It makes sense when franchises are in different places where they could mm-hmm. prioritize things that other teams would not. So the Patriots, you know, rightfully they've been like kind of tight with their dollar this year after how much they spent last year, and they're yeah. like, look, Ted, 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 you're good, but like we're not in the place where we want to like overpay for you right now. The Bengals are a team where, well, like if the offensive line is better, we might win the Super Bowl. So like we don't care yeah. if we overpay. And the Dolphins. Like one, it's reasonable to ask. The Saints are a good organization. They've had Armstead for ten years. If they aren't going to give him that money, why should the Dolphins? The reason is because twenty twenty two is so important for the Dolphins' future. Like they overweight the next year than they do down the line because they need to get certainty at quarterback and also Chris Greer's job might be on the line. So they're going to weigh twenty twenty two more than other teams are. So they'll pay more for Toronto Armstead. They'll pay more for Tyree Kill. That doesn't mean the Saints are in the wrong or the Patriots are in the wrong. It's just all these four teams are in different places. And when you're in a different place as a franchise, you make different financial decisions. Exactly. Like the Saints and the Patriots, you can argue are in that. I, I hate to, I hate that we're in this place, but they're both in that. Sorry, my uh, phone's going off. Oh, my Apple Watch, excuse me. Um, both of them are in that purgatory. You know, Saints, Patriots, both teams. And I will say this, even though I'm not the team that much, I'm not counting the Patriots out of being in the playoff mix. I think they have a very good chance to catch a wild card spot. I'm, it's, I know it's March 24th, but I'm conceding now. The Bills will probably win the East. It'll be between, I think, you and I for second and third. And then, look, I'm, st- I'm not bullish on Zach. I just still think he really needs to take that leap before I truly, truly buy in. You know, where it's like, I, I've seen the car get test-driven. Now you want to, like, maybe take it for a second test driver. Like, you really want to think about committing to it before you buy the car. That's me with yeah. Zach Wilson. Um, but the other thing I was going to do is you have Dolphins who are in a prove-it year. we got to make the playoffs. But then you have the Bengals. Yeah, you know what? they got a window to win. They're going now. That's why the, the, even the Chargers. Chargers went out, gave all that money to J.C. Jackson, traded for Khalil Mack. Um, trying to think. Oh, also, that's why they paid Mike Williams as well. And Tom Telesco finally – or the Spanos family finally let Tom Telesco spend the money. So yeah. it's like different teams in different positions, even though I still say that Chargers aren't in a – I don't know if they're in a win-now position, but I feel like they're in a, look, we got to make the playoffs and we really have to, you know, show improvements on last year. Yeah, because I think uh, the Chargers, like, you know, the Chiefs, they're paying their quarterback a lot of money. The Dolphins yeah. are not paying their quarterback a lot of money. The Chargers are not paying their quarterback a lot of money. So they can afford to, in the Dolphins' case, overpay for Tyreek Hill. In the Chargers' case, overpay for Khalil Mack. Um, in terms of just, in, just not, not that it was a bad trade. It was a good trade, just in the sense of maybe his dollar value does not match his current production at this point in his career. That's all. Not exactly. Because, not because he's a bad player or anything like that. So, yeah, like when you're not paying your quarterback, it makes things easier. And the Chargers, I mean, we've been watching football long enough. You know, if they don't make the playoffs, like for all the praise that Herbert gets, if they don't make the playoffs again, all of a sudden I think not that Brandon Staley would get fired, but – I could definitely see a scenario where if they don't make the playoffs again, Staley is the one on the hot seat entering 2023. And, you know, like that's – that kind of, things all of a sudden get dicey because, like, when you have a quarterback that good, the expectations are higher. Exactly. And, like, we always have the surprises. Look, I tweeted earlier today, new podcast tonight, YouTube tag. Look who's here. The Nightmare Ball. Markeem. Markeem is back. The three of us uh, were on before. I almost didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you didn't read it. I'm like, did this guy fall asleep or something? Or you go out? Or what's going on? But no, he's here now, and it's all good. And we're here just talking football, man. So that, this is the beauty of the off season. For as much as look, we still the, got the six kid, months. The kid's to- background looks like he's a college football coach with like trophies and shit on the back. He looks like Nick Saban during those conference. Guys. <laughs> 
He's in the spirit of the pro days, man. The spirit of pro days. And in, in, in an alternative life, those could have been my accolades, like for my Buckus Award-winning linebacker performance. And stuff yeah, like <laughs> Unfortunately, it's just a bunch of debate trophies. Uh, I mean, still trophies, still trophies, trophies, man. Yeah, um, but no, this even this offseason. I know I want to go to a different subject now, just because Marquise cut down this TV. On it. Um, Hold on. Hold right, on. All good. All right, all good. Um, I'm gonna. Let's see. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Oh, let's see. You got it. You got. It. All right, there we go. Um, all right, the, t- the tournament's happening, so I'm sorry about that. No problem. No problem. I got my money on Texas Tech for later tonight. Um, what? Yeah, I'm not afraid to admit that. Plus one. Plus. Markeem, are my kids going to win tomorrow? I think they are. Hey, I think y'all going to the Final Four. Wow, we're that. I mean, we look, we look incredible. Like I, I look. think, I, I think. Busted so, my bracket. Your kids they, busted my bracket. They they got the best possible road to the yeah. Final Four because of the matchups. It's all about matchups. Yeah. Like I I don't think we beat the winner of this game. I don't think it matters. But like I think we win tonight. I mean, it's, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Matchups, <laughs> matchups dictate it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, you, I, uh, like you, you guys play ugly, and that's not a knock. It just is what it is. And like playing a bunch of finesse teams all the way to the final is bullshit. It's bullshit, but okay, whatever. It's whatever, whatever, man. <laughs> we we get the hardest road, and you okay? Cool. Wait, are cool. you? You're Virginia Tech, aren't you? Dude. Not in basketball. Oh, okay. I'm okay. a Blue Devil fan with basketball. Oh, that's the what for. I'm sorry. There's just something about well, you better against this team. <laughs> yeah. What were y'all talking about? It's not a tournament okay. show. Okay, so let's get off the tournament. We'll get back to football. Even though it is tournament time right now, um, even though Gonzaga is currently playing Arkansas and Nova's playing in Michigan, um, the next piece I wanted to get to is something we actually talked about a month ago. The last time it was the three of us, and it was at the time of the whole you know Matt Stafford is he Hall of Famer is he not debate, but if we said. If Matt, if Matt Stafford's in, Matt Ryan sure as hell is getting in. And Matt Ryan now is an Indianapolis Colt, which I know I'm not supposed I'm not the biggest Colt fan in the world, especially too because of the Pats Colts, like if you want to call it rivalry. Um, but I honestly love that Chris Ballard did this trade because I think there's a chance that we can see Matt Ryan, not MVP Matt Ryan, but you can see behind a great running back, a stellar offensive line. Maybe get him a couple more receivers, get him another tight end. I like Mo Ali Cox, but I still feel like he's not Mo Ali Cox is in like upper echelon tight end. You want to get him someone who could potentially be that. But I think that there's a very good chance the Colts can run away with this division this year. I'm not saying they're gonna completely run away with it, it's gonna be theirs all season. But I think this is a team that you can you can fully trust. And I feel like they are now where we thought they were gonna be last year with Carson Wentz. I think in terms of talent, they're the best team in the division. Oh, 100%. Uh, I think that the upgrade that Ryan gives them is being someone who has kind of done it. I know it's cliche to say, but it's true. He's done it before. He knows what it takes to win games consistently because he used to, regardless of how I feel about him. I just think that people that believe he, because I know a lot of people are like, he's going to be back to Pro Bowl and all those. Th- like, nah, I, I think a lot of it had to do with him physically also. And I think that's gone. But his his mind, you know, what I mean, will get them. He he'll ne- he won't lose them the amount of games that Carson Wentz lost them. You know, what I mean, it just won't it won't be the same. So yeah, like talent wise, yeah, they were the best team in the division last year. Talent wise, they they so. had the uh, most Pro Bowlers in the league. I think um, yeah. the Indianapolis Colts, a team that didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, 
so yeah, I obviously the the not I don't want to say lazy, but like the argument that everyone makes that's very cliche is Brady switch teams, Stafford switch teams. This could be you know very similar situation, like really loaded roster held back a little bit by its quarterback. Like, is this the next one to to win the Super Bowl like those guys did? Uh, just because it happened the last two off seasons in a row doesn't mean it's guaranteed to happen again, but. They should at least make the playoffs. They've made the playoffs three out of the four years Reich has been there. And, yeah, I agree with Markeem. He's, like, his mobility is shot. Not that it was ever that good. I recognize it. But now it's, like, particularly bad. Like if the arm's if, cooked, too. His arm's yeah. cooked. Yeah. Exactly. And, but, hey, Philip Rivers' arm was cooked, too. He was just so mentally advanced when he was in Indianapolis. He could, like – just always know where to throw the ball. Even if he gave the DBs like any edge whatsoever, they would obviously get in the way, but he just mentally knew where to go very, very quickly. And they so, also had the bills and the ropes. Remember in that wild card game. I don't mean to cut you off, but they, they almost beat Buffalo. Yeah, they, they outplayed them. They did. To be honest. They just made a couple dumb mistakes. Like there was a fourth down where they went for it when they should have kicked the field goal. And then they ended up biting them. So I think if they had made that field goal and the score would say the same, they would have gone to overtime. Yeah. And they had, they had some bad fumbles too. They, they were like, they were bad in some high leverage moments in that game, like fourth downs, third downs, fourth quarters, just making bad mistakes at the wrong time. But they generally outplayed the Bills most of the game. Frank Reich said as much, too, after the game. He said watching the tape would be very, very hard because it was one they let get away. Um, so, yeah, they, they're a good team. Uh, I think they're. Man, up- I wish he was still the Eagles coach. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. We kept <laughs> the wrong fool. You couldn't have got- Barnett. Now you, we got another fool. You couldn't have known at the time that uh, I, I did. I, I told you that, kid. I was like, we should have kept right. Yeah, but I mean, Peterson had just won a Super Bowl. What are you going to do? Fire the Super Bowl winning head coach? That, that, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's like why Howie keeps getting extended in Philly, too. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. My, yeah, that's my one of the other Eagle fans. It's the rings. The ring's going to have him. That's like a save thing forever where he can just go, oh, yeah, right. I won your city a Super Bowl. You got a point there. And Reich, I mean, Reich will claim just as much credit for the ring, but yes, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, the thing, the one thing I'll say. He, he deserves still, 90% of the credit. Yes. For that. You didn't even end up keeping Peterson that much longer. It's not like, it's not like Mike McCarthy with the Packers where he stayed on like five years too long because of all the credit from the Super Bowl. Uh, this one, at least you got away from it pretty quickly. If, That's if true. Else. That is true. Yeah. <coughs> My one thing on the Colts was just going to be, I do think, there's this perception that their offensive line is like elite. I think I think they need to do some work there because they lost Eric Fisher, they lost Mark Lewinsky. Like they have a great guard, and they have a really and like Braden Smith and Ryan Kelly are fine, but Kelly Kelly has has some injury problems that he's yeah. had over the last few years. I think his knees are really messed up. But what offensive lineman isn't? Exactly. Well, and so the point is mainly is for all the stuff Marquim was saying at this point in Matt Ryan's career, like that protection needs to be really strong. Yeah. And so I think they need to do some work, whether it's drafting someone, whether it's getting Dwayne Brown, if he, if he hasn't officially signed with the Panthers, I don't I know. I don't think he has. Yeah. So like doing something like that, they need, they still need to do a few moves like that. I think to shore up that old line, but otherwise they'll, they'll be in a good spot to make the playoffs and maybe win a playoff game. Exactly. I'm not out here saying they're going to win Zag is only down by four now. Yeah. Ooh. Um, like I'm not out here saying, you know what? Oh, the if Colts are going to win a Super Bowl, like dark horse, all this stuff. No, I think that that team, like, what Cleveland was two years ago. You know what? Maybe, hey, you why, sneak why in. can't they be a dark horse, though? They can be. They can be. I think they just, need, like, I think, I think they need to add a couple more receiving weapons. Like, yeah. look, I expect our favorite receiver from YWC yeah, football yeah. talk, Michael Pittman Jr., he's fought, like, that might be a good connection. Cause remember, Michael Pittman was finally starting to show flashes last year. 
of yeah. what he can be, what he was at USC. Um, and then the other thing too is, look, they just lost Jack Doyle to retirement as well. And Mo Ali Cox, he's good, but he's not great. I think if you can bring in another tight end and then maybe add a receiver in the draft, not even in the first round, if you can get a guy like later on, like the Lions did with St. Brown, that can help and go a long way too. And and we, I think one of the lessons from the Super Bowl, um, we've talked about it on the show before too, is that usually you need two guys in today's NFL. Yes. Like you, you saw that with the Bengals and with the Rams. Like adding OBJ for the Rams was such a big deal, especially after they lost Robert Woods. So, because you don't want, like, it's just so easy for defenses to either sh- shade their coverage or double someone, et cetera. You need two guys uh, yeah. to win. So, I like, you would want them to have another reliable option. Uh, you don't want, you don't want, like, you know, Mo Ali Cox to be the second most important receiving weapon in the offense. I think that would that, be an that, issue. That's why I think the Chiefs will be around 500 all year this year. Oh, <laughs> spicy. That's my hot. That's my hot take. You know, the Chiefs thing, Mahomes is. That's why I think this year is such. And I know Big Rat, we hate them. I think if Buffalo doesn't win this year, it's going to be really hard for them. To Absolutely, the most, they, there's no excuses. Allen's contract there's no next year. fucking excuse. They they need to at least get there. They need to get. If they don't, I don't want to hear about this team if they don't get to the Super Bowl. It is yeah. set up for them to get there. They should yeah. have the best record in football and make the fucking Super Bowl this year. It's set up for y'all to do this. For them to do this, I ain't. I ain't well, yeah, with them, yeah, them, like, them, them. Don't associate me with them. I live close to there. As, as soon as I saw that trade, I was like, "The the Bills better make the Super Bowl." Which the, the yeah. which oh, what the Von Miller signing or is there a different what trade? No, no, no the, the, the Tyreek Hill trade. Oh, the Tyreek Hill trade. Right, right, right. Yeah, because like I I was on here the other day. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Von. Let's talk about. Yeah, you just signed Von Miller, who is obviously Six not six year you know, deal, and he's thirty. He's he's turning thirty three, I think, today or tomorrow. Yeah, but we we know like we it's know a three like, year deal realistically. Yeah, so that's there's fake money on that that six year one twenty like million dollar contract. It's like the Taysom Hill deal that he signed last year, that four year one hundred and forty million dollar deal. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, no, I still think that with Buffalo though, where. Look, I know they whooped our ass in the playoffs, but their season was viewed as a disappointment because they lost to Kansas City in the divisional round and they were Super Bowl or bust. I'm hammering the table on this now. That's my take. If they do not win the Super Bowl, it's going to be very, very hard for them to get back. Because, look, Allen's contract's kicking in. Mahomes' cap hit was $7 million this year. It's going to be, thirty, I think, 36 or 37 this year, 38 next year. That's why decisions like this had to be made. And that's why, and I'm going to toot my own horn, the Patriots dynasty is always going to be remembered for being great because – of Tom never taking big money. Yeah. And he, Belichick getting out from those contracts before they kicked in every time he did it every time, but rare, you know, sometimes he kept certain guys, but for the most part, he's like, oh, he, we'll, we'll find somebody else. It's okay. Remember he, <laughs> dumped, he dumped lawyer Malloy for nothing when he was a team yeah. captain the year before. Cause Rodney Harrison impressed him in training camp. He was, and, he was the best safety in football. He was like, get out of here. And I yeah. saw, I saw like Greg, I, like your boy uh, Griff, Greg Bedard. I was yeah. reading one of his like to Markeem's point. Like part of their success is the financial competency. Like they would never, like they, they also never gave uh, Asante Samuel another big contract um, at the end of his Patriots tenure. Same with Chandler Jones. Same with, I mean Collins. They got rid of very quickly. Who ended up not warranting a big money deal, but people thought so at the time. Trey Flowers too, right now. Trey who, who could probably come back? It was like right with the except. Like one of the only exceptions was Devin McCourty. That was the guy he would not let walk. Famously, like, on the phone, like, offered him another contract. But, yeah, they were usually good about that. There, there are certain guys – I'm going to say that quickly. There are certain guys who 
are just built to ha- built the mold of the Patriot way. Devin McCourty's one, David Andrews. I know Dante Hightower is probably on his way out the door. He, I don't I don't expect him back. He's getting older. He's been having some injury issues. Uh, Matthew Slater too. There's certain guys where look when you think Patriot way, you think of those players, and that's where Devin McCourty comes to mind. Like Devin McCourty took a, a nothing deal to stay. It was a he signed another one year deal. I think it's up to nine million dollars that he can make this year. So it's not one of those things. Like oh, what was I going to say? It's not one of those things where they're looking for big money. It's just one of those things where they look, they buy into the Patriot way, and they're they're buying what Belichick's preaching. Yeah, but no, that's my big thing with Buffalo. But with Kansas City, I'll say this. I like the Juju signing for – I liked it when before Hill left. I like that signing just because, you know what, he can be that checkdown guy. Like, you know, maybe be a flex fantasy player, bench fantasy player. But, yeah, like, I – with the NFC let, – let's, let's talk AFC West. Let's talk AFC West. Who's the best team in that division right now? You tell me Russell Wilson's healthy. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you guys saw this. Can I actually talk for a second? I saw. I, I don't know if you guys saw this today, but their stadium caught on fire. Oh, I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. If you go to Denver Fire Department on Twitter, like there was a few rows that, and like a couple boxes that got burnt out. Oh, that's a bad omen. Then never mind. Forget what I was <laughs> yeah. saying. I I just like look. Maybe 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 this is kind of like dumb because I'm relying on history instead of modern day. There is part of me that just like can't bring myself to expect the chargers to do well, because I just remember for much of Phillip rivers, second act, it felt like we would do this every summer. Like yep. the chargers like look really good on paper. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. Then the injuries would happen or like the weird coaching decisions. And they find and stupid it, ways to lose games. It, it, it's just like, and, like, and, and that's still the case. It is. It is it's still like, the case. They, they're, like, for all the hype they got early last season and that Brandon Staley got early last season, I mean, ultimately, it should be viewed as a disappointment. Like, yeah. I think Dan Dan Wetzel from Yahoo said that Brandon Staley, in his opinion, did the second worst job of all the new coaches aside from Urban Meyer. Not that they were close. Obviously, Urban was way worse. That's but, historic. <laughs> yeah, histor- historically bad. But aside from Urban... Like he picked Staley as the one who did the second worst job because all these up like Dan Campbell's inheriting a totally rebuilding team. They were they were feisty. They were competitive. You don't hold that against them. You know Nick Sirianni made the playoffs. I know Markeem still thinks he's a goof, but nonetheless, like with Staley, it just seemed like they had so many bad losses that could have been avoided that they would just like collapse like that Texans game where they just collapsed. The second bro- the first Broncos game where they're <coughs> turning the ball over, and obviously the way the season closed out, it's like. You know, I just, I just wonder, like, are they going to lose games in stupid ways again and not meet the expectations that are being levied upon them now? So and I, I think they went the whole year without a signature win. Yeah, usually. Yeah. With the exception that I guess when they beat the Chiefs, but that was it, and that was early. That was early. Yeah, in even the, they got their asses kicked. That's when, that's when the Chiefs were struggling. The yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. But remember, I, so there was one game against the Ravens. And the Ravens absolutely walked them. Yeah, and then they had that one shootout game with Cleveland. I'm trying to remember if they won that game or not. They did, they did. But Cleveland yeah. that didn't end up that didn't end up meaning what we thought it did. God, that was yeah. when we thought the Browns were better than they actually were. Yeah, they used they you whenever they faced like the really good teams, they usually lost, and they usually lost pretty solidly. Uh, so I think I think Denver's got a better roster personally. I think they were just weaker at quarterback, so I would pick them. I yeah, you I, tell me Russell Wilson's healthy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're also too. The, the, y'all know how I feel about Fangio and Locke. Big Rat knows this for yeah. almost three years now. How much how I felt you were about early. This. You were early. I was very early. I, I will say this though. I think they may regret giving up Noah Fant in that deal. That's Probably. the only thing I'll say. 
But I like Sutton. Tim Patrick's really good. Judy. I want to see if Jerry Judy, but the one guy I'm really looking at too to see if he can bounce back and be healthy and kind of be that slot guy is KJ Handler. Yeah. Had a yeah. solid rookie year. Um, even too, their running game's good. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Russ is already working with some of the weapons. One important thing that I think he's doing is he's working with his center, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry already, which I think is something that's very, very big to get not just communication with like your offensive line as a whole, but especially your center. It is. And, can, can, can we just stop? It is so weird that he's not a Seahawk anymore. Yeah. That's so yeah. weird. That's so odd, man. It's <laughs> so weird. Much much like much like when Peyton joined the Broncos in the very first game we saw him in the in the jersey. And it just, it it's, just it's weird. Like Same it. thing when with Brady in the Bucks. Yeah. So weird. It's gonna look weird the first because I presume he'll be on primetime pretty quickly. If not week one, like soon after, they'll get the yeah. Broncos on primetime. And yeah, like the Seahawks on primetime. It, it will it will look strange. It will look very, very strange uh, when we see it for the first time. And the the other thing in that offense, though, like not just those receivers and him working with the O-line, but Javante Williams, I'm a big fan of. Maybe it's because he absolutely murdered my Hurricanes. Uh, they're the very la- – him – I've mentioned it before on this podcast. People can look it up. Him and Michael Carter combined rushed for over 700 yards against the Canes in 2020. 700 rushing yards from those two guys. And uh, Javante, I think we'll start looking at Javante now that Melvin Gordon probably won't come back. We'll look at him next year the way people now are looking at all those backs in the class the year before, like the DeAndre Swifts, the Jonathan Taylors. Maybe I'm not saying he's as good as Taylor, but I think he can be in that tier of like the next like young stud backs that we'll see pretty soon. Taylor, by the way, is my RB one for fantasy for this year already. I know it's only March, but if I had the pick, if I had first overall pick, I'd probably go him just because he's reliable and I'm done with Christian McCaffrey for fantasy football. Um, with the Broncos, yeah, he can't stay well, on the field. That's, yeah. He derailed my – I traded – I in my league, I traded up to get the first overall pick, which I never do. But this year, it, I remember at the time I thought, I think McCaffrey is uniquely more valuable than the other top running backs this year because of all the ways he's used on offense. Yeah. And I, I traded up. I actually swapped draft picks in a later round, and it just destroyed my season. So, yeah, never again. Yeah, yeah I, I, I knew this would happen to McCaffrey, though, man. Like, he, he got beat up so much when he was young. And then he came in. He was really good. I was like, man, how long is this going to last? Now he can't stay on the field. Yeah. Oh, the other thing with Denver, too, is I want to see what Patrick Satan does in his second year. He was a very, very under underappreciated uh, rookie defender in his first year. Because I feel like Michael Parsons was good. too much of the hype. Yeah. But Sertan showed a lot of promise. He did. And b- ball skills, too. Wasn't just good in coverage, but yeah. making the big plays, getting the interceptions. Like, he, yeah, he's, he's a talent. Yeah, exactly. They also do some talent with linebacker. If Bradley Chubb can stay healthy, that's a big one, too, because Chubb's been having some injury issues. Um, that team has no real weakness, man. No. If the you one, really think about it. The one team, I, I don't know why I'm kind of bullish on still, is Vegas. I don't know why. Well, I mean, it's it's like, fair. To, they just got Adams. Uh, they already had good receivers. Like they, yeah. they were kind of missing exactly him. Like he unlocked, now it all makes sense. It's like, now you have Renfro in his spot. You have Waller in his spot. Now that you have that dominant number one alpha that they kind of wanted Brian Edwards to be, or what Zay Jones was at times. Now Adams kind of compliments the rest of the wide receiver core. It all looks very nice. And you know, they Co- have coaching, man. Co- coaching. Yeah. That's my thing, man. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know, I, I know, but in the NFL that matters, man. Like coaching, it just, it's so important in the league. It's so important. 
that's why I'm bullish on them. I know McDaniels and Ziggler have come in from New England. They've brought a shitload of Patriots and trying to they've been trying to recruit so many yeah. former or current Patriots to go they, there. They signed to run Yeah, they signed exactly longtime Patriot. Yeah. Then he went to Detroit and Atlanta. Now he's in Vegas. Jakob Johnson, Brandon Bolden. Um, there's others that are just escaping my head right now. But for me with them, I think it's ultimately going to be how Derek Carr plays. I think if we can see – I don't think we're going to get 2016 Derek Carr, but if we can get to something close, this team will make the playoffs. I think if not, who knows? But also, here's the other thing. I think it's going to come down to their offensive line. And I, I, I think I've been a longtime Carr skeptic on this podcast. Uh, I thought – hey, I, I will say – since I've known you, (laughs) he he played well last year. He genuinely played very well. Now, my concern is you give him a big extension, which is what everyone says they're going to do because they just extended Adams and they're supposed to be like a package deal. Crosby also just got a huge extension. Is is this going to be like, I mean, in 2016, Carr played very well. He got the four year, 100. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. The next few years, his play tailed off. So, I wonder, like, is there going to be – was that just contract year Derek Carr or is that something we're going to see year after year after year after year? And uh, it's a good team on paper. They went through a lot of adversity. I do think, you know, this is kind of a fucked up thing to say, but, like, all the shit they went through with Gruden and Henry Ruggs, it almost, like, created, like, this rallying cry for the team. They they genuinely became a mentally tough team, like, going yeah. through all that. Like it, That's usually what happens. Yeah. Like, it, shit it, like that happens. Either you you get tougher or you crumble. Exactly. And they grew and they rose yeah. above it and they deserve a lot of credit for that. But it's just hard, Griff, because the rest of the teams in the division got better with the exception of the Chiefs, but the Chiefs destroyed them last year. Yeah. And the other problem is uh, they last year got a little lucky in some of their some of their games. Like they they, they deserve to make the playoffs, but they were one of those teams like the Browns the year before making the playoffs with a negative point differential. My Dolphins are experts in that. And whenever they do that, they take a step back the next year. The Browns did it in 2020, took a step back the next year. So that's my concern. Did you ever talk about Watson? I missed that show. We have not talked about that yet. Um, I did record on Monday with uh, from Sportsnet up here in Canada, Andy McNamara, who is a huge Browns fan. Um, but the one thing I want to make quickly on the uh, – I have a point to make, and I don't know how messed up this is, but imagine how good that roster would be if, with Henry Ruggs. If you have Adams, Ruggs, Waller, Renfro – like that's just that's insane. That's co- nearly comparable to what Tampa had in 2020. It's it's just it's just such a damn shame that such a tragedy happened and that it his career is over. Yeah, and his life pretty much. I just wanted to make I just wanted to bring up that point with Henry Ruggs. Just thinking about the, it's like what I think too about the what ifs. Like what if Aaron Hernandez didn't kill Odin Lloyd? You know, it's a really dark place to go down to. But there are those what ifs you think you, about. Like, you had oh, some people that yeah. really thought that Aaron Hernandez was better than Gronk. I you think I mean? there was a lot of people in New England. A lot, a lot of people felt that way. I mean, I thought they all were crazy, but a lot of people felt that way. You know yeah. I mean, so I, I he was like good that, though. He was really good though. He was good, but I always, I was always on the side. Gronk was the better tight end, like the people right now. And I want to say for Kansas City, I think this year's going to be a big year for all the people out there who are saying that prime Travis Kelsey is better than what prime Gronkowski was. Wait, wait, hold. Oh. Oh, Have you ever seen oh, this? People oh, believing that. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, people are saying that. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm not kidding. There's people on Twitter who think that Prime oh, Kelsey is better than oh, Prime Gronk. We're going to kill our team on the podcast. Yeah. What? There there's are people, people that really feel this way? Like, I think really it's mainly Chiefs way. homers, but there's a lot of people who I think think that Prime Kelsey is better than Prime Gronk, and those people That's are wrong. That's insane. Prime Gronk. <laughs> 
may be the best football player to ever live. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, this, that's. He, if he didn't get injured, if he didn't have all those injuries, he'd probably be the best tight end, in that's it, or he's insane. probably going to be. But he's definitely going to be top three by the time he officially retires for tight ends. Yeah, those people are nuts. Like those no, people. no, he is the. I don't care. He is the greatest tight end to ever yeah. live. Yeah, there's like like him and his prime. No, no tight end has ever had average uh, yards per catch, the amount of touchdowns, the impact, the offensive impact. Nobody's close. Nobody. And I've seen some. I've seen Sharp. I've seen Gates. I've seen Guns. I've seen them all. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like a tear. He there. There's him, and then there's everyone else. You know, Shannon Sharp, there's two of them. I just want to say something with him quickly because obviously he's uh, – I know more of him now because of his television time because I was still a kid when his NFL career was finishing. But with him, one of his favorite sound bites from on the field for me, unfortunately, comes in a game when they absolutely whoop the Patriots. The When he calls the phone, he's like, call the National Guard. I was like, oh, this is hilarious. And I realized yeah. I looked up the score of that game and realized, oh, geez, they just kicked the Patriots' ass. And I'm like, I don't like that anymore. That <laughs> and then the Ray Buchanan won in the Super Bowl when hit, the two of them got into it. Um, like, like if you throw in all of like Gronk's offensive numbers, add to the fact that he's one of the best blocking tight ends to ever live. That too. Add that in there too. Like, bro, it's not. Come on, man. What are we doing right now? I can't believe what? people actually. What? People, people are saying this. I'm on. You know me. I'm a Gronk guy. I'm a Patriots fan for fuck's sakes. It's insane. Continuing man. the, you know, the trend of uh, the whole like. That's why, like, everyone, all those people who say, well, Tom Brady never had that many receivers to throw to, despite the fact that he had Randy Moss. Like, you would rather have Gronk than literally yes. every non-Randy Moss receiver over the last 20 years. Maybe even Randy Moss himself. Like, that, that's why that argument uh, Hold on, calm down, right. kid. But, yeah, okay, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what every, you're saying. I'll, I'll go back. Every non-Randy Moss receiver, you would rather just have Gronk instead. And- yes. Oh, speaking of receivers, with the whole Patriots and Belichick just letting guys go for nothing, and then eventually they come back. Deion Branch is another one who's a Super Bowl MVP, mind you. Yeah, I forgot yeah, about him. Wes yeah. Walker, another one. Who's the current wide receivers coach for the Miami Dolphins? Oh, yeah, baby. With Tyreek Hill. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be something. Um, but, no, we can get into Watson. Um, look, I said this on Monday's show, for those of you who listened to that one. I'm going to say this again today. I cannot label the Cleveland Browns contender status until we know – what his suspensions are going to be. I know there's a lot of people out. I've had people message me and there's been, I've seen people saying like, Oh look, he didn't play last year. He got acquitted of all the legal stuff. Why is he being suspended? Look, Ben Roethlisberger got acquitted of his sexual assault charges still to serve six games. Zeke six games. Um, I think they truly learned their lesson from the Ray Rice debacle from, you know, how they just, Oh, two games, here you go. And then the video came out. And then that's when they really start getting firm with suspensions. I feel like with him, this has – and also, to Antonio Brown was eight games. I know there's a little more a little more to that than the others. This has to be a six- to eight-game suspension. And if jo- Jacoby Brissett can come in – and Big Rat, you and I know what Jacoby Brissett's capable of. If he can lead them to, say, a four-and-four four or, like, a five-and-three record, yeah, I'll give him a shot at the playoffs. But I'm just doing – I'm saying he's going to get suspended for eight games, just throwing the number out there. But if they're three-and-five or two-and-six, they're, they're not making the playoffs in 22, and they have to look the 23 and ahead. Deshaun Watson also hasn't played football in a year. I was, I was that's the other thing, too. <laughs> I think that's being undercovered. Absolutely. Like, like I, yes, yeah, a big deal. It's a huge trade. One of the biggest in league history. This man hasn't played football in a year. And, just that simple. And not even, like, if this is different from quarterbacks like uh, like Dak Prescott two years ago, whatever, when he, told, when, he, when he broke his foot, his ankle, like, in September, 
and like didn't yeah. play the rest of the year. Dak Prescott still played four NFL games. Dak Prescott still played in all of training camp. Deshaun Watson was not throwing to his. He receivers. was chilling at home. Yeah, probably raping more women. Now I'm joking, but he's chilling at home. <laughs> 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 he's guilty, by the way. He's he's guilty, but yeah, he was chilling at home. Yeah. While you know the season was going on, I mean, yeah, and we like by all means, none of these players are the same. Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, the fucking Arkansas won, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I I didn't know if you guys knew that. I just like looked at my phone for the scores, and holy shit, I always always knew it. I just want to say this right now I know Zaga will never win a fucking title. Gotta get to a uh, conference. Mar- Marquis, is it was that a choke job by Mark Few and company, or did Arkansas just is just Arkansas really good? Like uh, no, no, again, like I said, styles make fights. You know yeah. what I mean? So like th- again, I knew this would be a problem for them. I thought they beat them though. I thought they I thought they beat them and then beat us and make the final four. You still think Arkansas beats you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Eric Wasserman, I do man. think we win tonight though. Again, celebrate for a couple cost, of days. It cost Chris some money in his back pocket for betting Texas Tech. Can, can I tell you something with that? That three six five gives out free ten dollar bets every week, like they do it for NBA and they did it for NCAA. So I'm it's not costing me anything. It was a free oh, bet. Fuck. <laughs> Damn. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 beat Michigan. Um but no uh, back, to, back real, to real quick real quick, real quick. Yeah. I'm tired of Paulo Banchero not realizing how good he is. Mm. He plays like he plays like someone who doesn't believe they're as good as they actually are. That dude's incredible. I saw I was, someone needs to just shake him like, man, you're the best player on this court. I was going to say – He's the, the anti-Zion, man. He really is. Who'd they play uh, – who'd they play last round? It was um, – Duke, Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan State. At the That's end – That was a good I, game was, until the last two minutes. And he, like, he, to Markeem's point, in the last two minutes of that – and we'll get back to Watson, I promise. He, yes. he just – March, baby. He made he made like that block on defense, and he made like that aggressive layup, like using his size on offense, and I and that should be him all the time. Yeah, but he doesn't do that. So you are physically bigger than all of these people. So you're saying Zion would like believe in himself too much? Yeah, like it? no Zion. When we lost, it was never because of Zion. You know what I mean, it was never because Zion is not feeling because like I could rely on him to be him. You know what I mean, it, it would be other things that would happen. We when we lose, it's literally because of Banchero. Like, brother, get into the game. You, you. Hey, who's taking over for Coach K next year? By the way, did they announce it yet? Or uh, uh, yeah, shit, it's former his, player. Um, yeah, it's, it's like one of his assistant buddies. Um, kind of like how someone took o- the guy that took over for Roy John, Williams. Uh, John, uh, Shire, John Shire. Yeah, Mark team is frozen. Well, um, that's good to know. Uh. We'll see what happens with the rest of the tournament, though. It's far, it's March, folks, so if we're going to interrupt you with March Madness coverage, that's why. Um, but, no, with Watson, yeah. like, I just want to get back to the point, too. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things with this whole thing. His last time playing football was New Year's, like, a, like January 3rd, 2020, 2021. Yeah. Like that. And no, no. It's almost two years between games. It is, it is not the same comparison. I don't mean to imply it's the same level of talent, but. If you look, most of those players who took the year off due to COVID, a lot of them came back and weren't the same. Like they, like, and again, we're talking like Damian Williams, Albert Wilson, a Hightower, like those yeah. guys. And I know Hightower was good early, but then kind of faded, obviously down the stretch. Like, uh, and like those, those are all like mid-level 
players. They're not the girl of Deshaun Watson, but yeah. these quarterbacks, these quarterbacks, like you're seeing Baker Mayfield getting throwing sessions in with got with like Cole Beasley, apparently, like yesterday and today, because he just wants to get he wants to keep being in rhythm. He wants to keep being in the timing of his passing game. And for Watson, who's hasn't thrown with many, if anybody, and oh, no. now with the suspension too, with the suspension, and like like Cam. Cam Newton, uh, I'll just give a quick story on this. Cam Newton, when he did the interview for the I Am Athlete podcast and he missed those games due to COVID, yep. he came back. And one thing he said when he came back that really gave him issues was that it felt like in a, you know, he's new season, new team, still learning everything, COVID offseason, the Patriot system, notoriously complicated. He felt behind because every week of the NFL season, you like move forward and you're building off concepts from the prior weeks. That for he felt behind personally as the quarterback because there was some stuff in prior game plans that he didn't know as well as he wasn't playing. And like he really thought that really hurt his development. So for a quarterback to just miss eight weeks and come back like in week nine when your receivers and your tight ends and the game plan has changed a lot and just to be thrown into that, I think that's not easy at all. And there's really no precedent of it. Like Ben only got suspended for a few games. Like or it was six games, right? Yes, six games. But Ben Ben had been with that team before. This wasn't a brand new quarterback and a brand new team like this is right now. So, yeah, I think they are – and, like, the last thing I'll say on this is the comment of why should he get suspended because he missed last year. Andrew Brandt, like, the guy who has the sports of the NFL podcast, like, used yeah. to be the top guy for the Packers, good personality on Twitter. He's been adamant. They will not count that as a legitimate suspension. He made no. $10 million – he willingly chose to not play for Houston. In theory, he could have decided to play for the Texans at any point. He was never on the commissioner's exempt list. That's not a suspension. That is him making that decision, and he was still getting a $10 million check. He is adamant that's not going to count as a, as prior suspended games. And Nor also, should it. Yeah. It's, 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 a bad, it's a horrible PR look for the NFL, too, if they just say, you know what, he missed all of last year. We're not going to suspend him. It's a horrible, horrible PR look for the league. So they're going to do it. Like, like Zeke, too. I know there's a lot of backlash for Zeke getting suspended because it was like, oh, look, nothing really happened. You still got to suspend him. That's, it's just the thing. You got to suspend him. That's, that's the big thing. It's, it's 22 cases. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, that, he's, he's guilty. Coming out. We're talking about a guilty man. Remember, Schefter got raked with the coals for that tweet that he had, basically, yeah. trying to make him seem like a choir boy and everything like that, when in reality, no, some of the stuff he was doing was just, it was awful. And yeah, and if any if any viewer here doubts what we're saying, like just think of it like this: the criminal court is innocent until proven guilty. We know that. Yes. The civil court is not. The civil court is a preponderance of evidence standard, which means is there a greater than fifty percent chance based on the evidence that this happened? That is the threshold to determine punishment. The NFL is very similar. The NFL does not need to prove guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. The NFL just needs to convince themselves: is it more likely than not that something went down here? And very clearly, you can do that in this case. So that's that justifies the suspension right there. Like it's very. I know this is very different subjects, but it's basically as soon as you said that, that's where it just the the words deflate gate just sparked in my mind. Where look at that, where it got proved wrong, and the NFL was so adamant about punishing the Patriots and Tom for that that eventually they went back, went through the I believe it was the Supreme Court to get the Patriots to drop the Patriots forfeited the first round pick in 2016, and they made Tom serve a four game suspension. So the NFL, when they're committed to doing something or making sure that punishment gets laid down they're gonna lay down their law they're gonna do it like what i said before with the ray rice thing how they completely botched that they learned they i think that's them learning from their mistake griff had to bring up deflate gate huh hey look it's just it's just sparked in my mind it's sparked in my mind think about it when he said when the nfl is a very similar thing when they lock you in a room and they're basically you're just gonna 
fry you and fry you until the truth comes out. The, the NFL knows. They know that if they don't suspend him at all and they use the argument last year was enough, like they know the tweets, the articles, you know, uh, Calvin Ridley suspended for a year, nothing to Deshaun Watson, you know, like so-and-so suspended two games for a failed drug test, nothing for Deshaun Watson. They, they will not take that PR hit. They It'll don't be such a double standard on the league, on the exactly. league too. But even still the Calvin Ridley thing, we haven't, I haven't really discussed it that much for everyone saying, Oh, it's too much time. Like why do you do this, but not this. I just think with, with how big sports gambling is coming, you have to tell these guys like, Hey, Calvin, you want to go bet on the Atlanta Hawks? Be my guest. Do not bet on the NFL. You can bet on college. Like that's, I think it should be the thing where all the leagues do. Like say, for example, baseball season starts in a couple weeks. They want to go bet on the NBA playoffs. Be my guest. Do not bet on MLB games because why? When you see stuff like this, when you see players saying, I don't care about your parlays or, Oh, I didn't hit this. Just to screw your night over. Like Kevin Durant for me last night. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to get into it. I have to make two threes. That was all I need. The fucker goes one for seven. Um, but, 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 but stuff like that, him coming out and saying that, it just causes collusion for the league, which I think if you don't suspend him and he's betting on it, it's just going to be actively deeper down that rabbit hole that, look, NFL games are rigged. And how we saw examples like how refs will not throw flags in the last two minutes of the game unless it's a Super Bowl. That's just what I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he – look, I mean, one, like, these are the rules. Like, yeah. like, like follow the damn rules. Don't be an idiot. Like, even if, like, you don't think the actual – like, that's why I always, like, get into people who complain about drug suspensions and stuff like that. It's as much a test of your idiocy. Like, do not break company rules. It's not that hard. A lot of workplaces have that rule. So it's really – like, whether or not you care about the gambling thing at all, like, breaking a company rule should get you punished. But, yeah, the NFL – I. That's how the real world works, man. Yeah, and and to be to be honest, like I do think the punishment should have been harsh. I don't know. I'm not here to say that a year or eight games. Like I, I have no idea. I can't compare those two things. But the NFL could not just give him a fine. The NFL cannot risk with all the money they have tied up with DraftKings and FanDuel's and their gambling partners. They cannot risk other players betting on games and creating that uncertainty with their league partners. That's going to cost the league a fuck ton of money. They had to come down hard. Now, maybe they could have come down hard with eight games. I guess that's the generous argument from the other side here. But he had to be punished. And I think it's kind of ridiculous for anyone who thinks he didn't. Like, the NFL really had no choice in this matter. Exactly. It's one of those things. It's the same thing, too. It's more than anything, it's the integrity of the game and protecting the shield at the end of the day. That's even the Deshaun Watson thing. Protecting the shield. Um, There's another topic I wanted to bring up to you guys just to see where you guys are at with this. And it's... Um, it has to do with not playing in a while, but all the Colin Kaepernick stuff that's coming up right now, where do, I know it's a very, it's, it can be a very touchy subject for a lot of people. And like, you don't want to say the wrong words just because of the situation and how he left the league wasn't exactly, you know, it was a colorful situation. It wasn't the brightest situation, but do you actually buy into the fact that he, he could be a starting quarterback or do you think it's just been too long to the point where it's been six not, years? Not anymore. Point? I used, yeah. I used to, I used to feel that way. Especially when you had guys like Mike Glennon getting contracts and shit like that, right. but like now it's like, nah, it's been it's been too much time. And I uh, I would say not as a starter, but what I will say is, can he still you know earn a roster spot? Yeah, and that's yeah, good, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. A, good, a good comparison for that is Josh Johnson, who was out of the NFL. I forget for 
exactly how long, but was out of the NFL for like three years or four years or something like that. He came back and no, Josh Johnson can't be a starter, but Josh Johnson was a backup for the football team when they were the other name. He was a backup for them, came in, actually won a few games. And last year came in for the Jets off the bench, came in for the Ravens, played very well in both games, didn't win either game, but did play well as a quarterback despite being out of the NFL for like three years or whatever. So Hell, if, Ryan, if Ryan Fitzpatrick could be a fucking seasoned veteran as long yeah. as he was, Colin Kaepernick should have a job in the league in some, in some capacity. It's crazy. A job, and the way the way things are in the NFL, like a job and you'll probably see him play at some point. Like that's just how things work, whether it's an injury, whether it's a benching, whatever it may be. You at some point see him come in and see what he can do. So exactly. I, I know we lost Markeem for a second. I don't know what's going on there. He'll come back. That's my thing too. I know. Look, if there's anyone to truly blame for, I'm just going for him to come back here. If there's anyone to truly blame for why he wasn't signed. It's truly is, crazy. Is, y'all. Sorry about that. It's all good. Yeah. The one thing I was saying, Markeem is if there's anyone to blame though, for the fact why he hasn't been in the league, it's not, it's the owners. It's straight up ownership because any GM could have gone and said, Hey, we need to sign him. I, I still think that that workout that he had in 2019, do you guys remember that where he was at like a high school in Atlanta? How can I forget that, Griff? But then he wanted <laughs> but then he wanted to go to another high school and he said yeah. a thing where like 32 teams are like 32 teams are there, like 30, 32 can sign me. I still think it's been too long to where he can be a consistent starter, but you know what? I think I honestly can see a chance someone takes a flyer on him in training camp where he can go and improve it. But then I just don't want him to you know, turn the try to turn the tables and say like, oh, if say if, he, if it doesn't work out for him, like the, I'm not comparing it to Tebow because I was obviously I still think I was just complete bullshit of him getting a tight end opportunity to be a tight end. But with him, I think it's just if he gets cut, really, it, it has to it fully, has to be fully, legit. Yeah, because you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, it has to. You be, can't yeah. cut him for the sake of cutting him. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, the 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 rumor to your point, the rumor is the Ravens in 2017 wanted to sign him, but. Uh, Bashadi and the other owners were like, nah, we don't want this. There was another thing about that, too, is that Baltimore is close to Annapolis, which is where obviously the Navy is based out of as well. And that was another reason why I heard about it. Why? It was because the huge military connection that lays there within that area. Yeah. And he, like, he, I think my team always has an argument for never signing him because he made those Castro comments, and that is just never going to be accepted. You can't do that in Miami. No, no, no. You can't do that. The the, the the Marlins fan base got Ozzie Guillen fired like after one season because all he said was he respected Castro's not because he like likes him as a person he respected him because of the numerous assassination attempts that have been placed on his life and his ability to survive it all and still be a leader stupid thing to say but he wasn't even saying he liked Castro just that he respected his survival instincts I guess he got fired after a year as the Marlins general manager because of that like it's just not acceptable. It's not wasn't, acceptable down here. Wasn't half the reason, like, on another example, too, with Daryl Moore getting fired after the backlash he got for supporting oh, Hong Kong when and, and then the NBA basically got, like, blacklisted in China? Yeah, China China took down – and by the, the Rockets had Yao Ming, like, a huge Chinese superstar. They took yeah. – they, yeah, they blackballed the NBA from being shown on television and they closed down the NBA merch store um, in response to those comments. It cost – it cost the NBA a lot of money. That one little tweet by Daryl Morey cost the NBA like half a billion dollars. Jesus. Which, which that's, that's, just, that's just another topic I don't want to get into because I thought fun here. But no, that's, but just back to the Kaepernick thing. If this was 2018, I could say, yeah, he's a starter. 
But like Deshaun Watson, he hasn't played a full season since 2016 to the point where it would be a great story. But I just think it's now it's just one of those too little, too late things. And also, too, it looks kind of bad on the NFL, how we were saying before, where, like, I think ownership is still going to be bullish to the idea of bringing him in. But I feel like eventually you'll have someone potentially step up and say, hey, you know what? Give him a chance. If he can't prove it, then fine. We can cut him and then we'll just say, look. We wanted it to work. Unfortunately, it didn't work there because if you cut them just to cut them, it looks bad on you. It's the same thing too. It, it's all bad. It could all be bad publicity. And that's something the NFL, I don't think you can really afford from any of its organizations. And, and bad publicity. You think they care about that? <laughs> I, I don't think they, they I, haven't cared for 60 years, Griff. They don't care about you, that. you know what? Good thinking, good thinking. They have not cared since the sixties about bad publicity. I'm just saying the league is its own, you know, the backlash plus to the, yeah. Do you guys remember the silly comments Papa John made years ago when he basically blamed the the (laughs) meal? Yeah, people weren't buying my pizza because of, like, what was going on in the NFL and, like, the whole – because here's the thing, too, where – No, they weren't buying it because it's inedible. It's trash. Yeah, that's the one thing I've never – They have, like, a few locations up here, but even the locations up here in Canada apparently are trash. If I'm going to the States for chain pizza, I'm getting something else. And – the, the NFL, to kind of like reconcile what Griff and Marquis were saying, like they don't, they may not care about publicity in the fullest, but what they do care about is bad PR leads to sponsors pulling money. Like yeah. they care about money. And so like they have a financial relationship with the armed, for, with the armed services and a lot of other forces there. And if viewership goes down, if people stop buying season tickets, like that's something the NFL cares about. So that is like the, the line they're trying to walk with this Kaepernick thing. Uh, they, Look, I mean, it's tough for Seattle because I think Seattle, like, they've been flirting they with They could use him. They, they could. use him, man. And the thing is, if they really believe in Drew Locke as a prospect, which, again, none of us do, but if they did, the problem is no one in their fan base is going to want Drew Locke to be the starter. Everyone is going to want Kaepernick to take over, and, and like, with good reason. <laughs> and they may not want to do that because they may think it will create a toxic environment for Locke if they have any investment in him whatsoever they're going to give a year into lock and we're going to be on here saying Seattle, don't do it. Seattle, you're going to suck. Seattle, we know what he's capable of. They'll do it. And then next year there'll be a lottery team again. That's a, it's just, I know the lottery doesn't exist in the NFL, but you get, but what I, I, get I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. yeah they'll be <laughs> he said a lottery team. <laughs> Look, it's going to be like them and the New York giants trying to vie for Bryce young next year. Stroud, my boy. CJ Stroud. Oops. Yeah, who was throwing at the pro day today? I didn't. I didn't get to see much of it just because that's the thing that sucks about working full time is boy? that like I don't get to look at a lot. Why do you not? Well, well, Stroud sucks too. You're gonna tell me all my favorite college players are bad at football? I, I, I think that every quarterback in this draft isn't good. All but of them. Is Stroud? Look, look. I, I, is I, he the best of the trash? I guess. <laughs> look, and he he still has another year. So if if he like plays well for another year, because. Yeah, I like Bryce, but Bryce is small. Bryce is six foot one ninety four. Like, yeah, Stroud's got a Stroud's got a little more oomph to him. I don't know if he has. Like, we know this. Like, all, these Ohio State quarterbacks seem to always get overrated because of all the skill talent they have. But you know, he forced Quinn Ewers to transfer. Doesn't that count for something? Ewers was like, "Oh fuck, I'm not going to get to play here," despite being the number one quarterback in the country. Is so, he Texas Tech or did he go to Texas A&M? Texas, I think. Or oh, yeah, I think he went to Texas. Yeah, Longhorn Nation. How come? Um, you know what the crazy thing about Ohio State last year was? Is that the fact that neither one of their – what I'm going to say right now, their best receiver still at that school. Oh, uh, I, I agree. Jackson, I agree. Yeah. 
kid's just lightning quick. He had, he had though, and I think he had the most receiving yards of all of them. Uh, he's only a freshman too, or a sophomore, I think. Oh, so we next, so he'll be coming next year. Hey, okay. hey, hot, hot take outside from the lineman. I kind of think this draft is kind of trash. Yeah, that's that's why I'm not mad at my team for giving up their draft picks. Um, because it seems like in this draft, you don't mind picking later because the differentiation between the top 15 and the second half of the 15 isn't that strong. Like like all of the skilled players are just as good as one another. Like there's yeah, not there's no real And there's no. a lot of them too. There's like seven receivers that people like, like eight. You know, it's just why why take even though I like Traylon Burks the most, why spend a top 5 pick on him when you can get a slightly worse receiver but still very strong in the second round? Like I don't I don't get it. Exactly. You have let's see. You have Drake London, who I I, I still could, I think it should be Garrett. I think Garrett Wilson could be. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if Drake London's first off the board. So let's see, you have London, you have Wilson, you have Olave, you have Williams, Burks. you have Burks, you have Dodson, you have how are you Mechie, doing this up top of the head? You have Sky how? Moore. Well, you've got the Christian, Christian Watson. Watson. Well, because nine right there because it's all over NFL Twitter like these because of the combine. Like Christian Watson, who had like what was it the second best athletics raw athletic score number behind Calvin yeah. Johnson. Yeah. yeah, there's two. Um, there's a couple other guys who I'm looking at more. I want to look more into. One is the I think his name's Alex something. I think it was with a P, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati. And obviously, look, I do not make the rules, but Slade Bolden somehow is going to be drafted by the Patriots and be like the next great slot receiver in the NFL. I don't make the rules. That's just how it goes for the Patriots. Um, but I, Markeem, I agree with you. Like, look for offensive, but offensive lineman though, like. Look at – I don't know if you saw the photo. They did a thing like where it was like Vince Wilfork, who's just, you know, big, big belly. And then you have like lean-ass Evan O'Neill who can just yeah. block the shit out of anyone. Yeah. Who I'm still like, – Like all these linemen yeah. I think are great on both yeah. sides of the ball. I think all of them are great. It, yeah, it's, like, it's a meat and potatoes draft. It's like you're not – you're not getting your dessert. You're getting your vegetables. You're getting your broccoli. It's like, I need yeah. my interior. These, these are the big boys you'll see for the next decade. Yeah. It's just, it's just not sexy. And look, I'm really like, and we see this over the years, like when the quarterback class is bad, that's when people like, like that's why people hate the 2013 draft so much is because the quarterback class in that draft was so bad. Yeah. But also too, none of those guys are still like the best player from the top 10 was Lane Johnson. Besides that, like half those guys aren't, half the guys from the top 10 aren't even in the NFL anymore. To well, 2013. Who who went first that draft? I'm trying to think. I was, uh, sure. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Jokel went second. Yeah. yeah. Wow. On Jordan, my intelligent uh football team decided to do that. But the, the, I don't the, blame them though. Yeah. I don't he he was a you know what I'm saying all-star on film. <laughs> He's incredible just, on film. Yeah. Uh D Milner to the New York Jets in that draft. But the, the irony, though, of that draft, and that's probably what's going to be true for this draft as well, if you look in the 20s, there was some value in that draft. Like DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. I'm looking at it now. DeAndre Hopkins, Xavier Rhodes, Cordero Patterson, Eric Reed for the Niners. Like, there's good – Kyle Long for the Bears who played guard for, like, 10 years. There's good players there. But the problem is, that, like, to Markeem's point, everyone was kind of the same. And is no he in really, City now? What? Didn't Kyle Long retire for a year and now he's with Kansas City? Or he yeah, played he, last year with the Chiefs? I don't know if he's coming back for 2022, but yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. But you you will probably get the same thing where, to Markeem's point, 1 through 32 is probably the same caliber of player. And so what's going to happen is the guys taken early are going to be viewed as disappointments because they're not going to reach that draft capital level. But then the guys taken at the back end of the first round, 
who go to good teams and good situations, they're going to be the ones that we're going to say years from now, oh, those guys are all pretty good. You know, I just looked it up, by the way. Kyle Long is a free agent at the moment, so I don't know if the Chiefs are bringing him back. But, you know, this – I'm going to keep plugging my own podcast because this is my show. Last Monday, I had on from uh, Arizona Cardinals podcaster Alex Clancy on here from Locked on Cards. And he was saying to me what the Cardinals need to do this year is – or what Steve Kahn does is he has dessert before he eats his vegetables when it comes to selecting talent, drafting players – I think this year that applies to all 32 teams. I've been saying this since like late last year. This draft is not something you get because you want it. You draft a player because you need him, because you want him to come in day one and make an immediate impact on your roster and in your locker room. That's what this year's draft is all about. You don't want to, you can draft flashy. It may bite you, but seeing this is the plug holes with this draft. Exactly. These are the glue. This is the glue guy kind of draft, you know, I know 2016 either wasn't flashy. Obviously, like, like Goff and Wentz, they're still in the league. But to say this draft's going to be like Barely. Yeah, <laughs> barely. Yeah, that's a that's another story for another day. Um, uh, uh, but what was I going to say? This, but this draft, though, I still feel like there's going to be a lot of guys here. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of busts. Yeah, there's always going to be guys who don't work out. But I think you're going to find, like, look, rounds two, three, four, five. I think you're going to find a lot of guys who are going to come in right away and surprise. And, you know, like – make differences on the rosters. Yeah. Guys that uh, the example I'll give, which sounds like a bad example because he makes $20 million a year, but Byron Jones for the dolphins, right? There's like a lot of consternation that like, he's not worth his contract, but what the Byron Jones is, is when he's there, you don't have to worry about the position. Like the dolphins do not have a cornerback need, like, which not a lot of teams in the NFL can say that. And yeah. we are thankful. Yeah. We paid a lot for it. But when you have guys, someone like Byron Jones, it's like he does just enough where you don't have to worry about it. Like people for years said this about Kelvin Beecham. Very random example, I know. But when he was a tackle for the Steelers. That is random. <laughs> when, he, when he was a tackle for the Steelers, and because uh, like one of my favorite analysts, Chris Wessling, before he unfortunately passed away last year, he used to say Kelvin Beecham is undervalued by NFL teams because when he's your left tackle, you don't worry about the position. It doesn't matter that you're not getting flash. And so to the roster holes point, in this draft, you're going to get a lot of guys where you just don't worry about the position anymore. Even if you have a defensive end that is not going to get you a 15-sack season, you never get the cornerback that gets you 10 interceptions in a year. You never get those in-flash playmakers, like the receiver who like goes for 1,500 yards. But you'll probably get a 900-yard receiver. You'll probably get a defensive end that's good against the run and can get you like seven sacks a year. You'll probably get a cornerback who's solid in coverage. You'll get a lot of guys that will make you not worry about the position anymore. And I think there's value in that. This is another random example. I know I brought him up earlier, but this draft seems like a lot of Max Crosby's. You know, Max Crosby's not a guy where he's a top five. You should just call this show random. Just, just say. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I, 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 I have a different title for it um, because of the, the big news, obviously being Tyree Kill going to the uh, going to the Dolphins. I'm not. I was gonna do not the not welcome to Miami. I can't say it to save my life. I don't know Spanish that well. But Miami. Yes, that's what I'm calling this episode. That's what I'm calling this. Um, but, no, I just wanted to give that example because Max Crosby is another guy where, look, he's a good player and he's a good skilled position player at defensive end where, you know what, the Raiders don't have to worry about him, which it's kind of funny to think in that draft that they overshot for Cleveland Furl at number four, and they got him, I think, in the fourth round. Third of the, in the fourth round. So that's where I think you're going to find a lot of guys that are like that in this draft, you know. Guys who come up out of nowhere and unexpected. That's why when I see people posting what they think records are going to be for each team this year already, I just 
you can't do it this early. You have to wait yeah, until this, after the this draft. This is going to be the draft full of the hidden like legends. Like, exactly. We we might have a Richard Sherman type deal in this draft or something like that. Who knows? Part of what I still think is the greatest draft of all time, 2011. That or 1989. Pick your poison. Um, I want to move something different that we don't talk about all that often, but I feel like we should talk about today. And that's um, sports media news. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, but look, panels are changing. Amazon came out with theirs. I'm going to start. I'm a, actually, I'm going to save Amazon for last. Because oh, RIP John Clayton. I don't know if you talked yes. about it. Yeah. Right. I have not brought that up. Oh. Rest in peace, John Clayton. When you think of football and just football coverage and also to a hilarious sports center commercial, John Clayton comes to mind. I feel like he's one of those guys. Oh, that's where, my childhood, man. Like, that's, even, that's, that's what I grew up on. But even still, I feel like everyone who knew him did not have a single bad word to say about him. Yeah. He just seemed like a consummate pro. He knew the game. He loved the game. Something that we all, that's why we're here. We all love this game. And rest in peace to a legend. I know, I know Todd McShay, he uh, posted something on his Twitter page that damn near brought me to tears, man. He was he was like, he didn't, he said, what he said? He said, I didn't know what I thought I knew until I sat down with, with John Clayton and he taught me everything I know. So, yeah, man. Sad. Jesus, I didn't even to uh, former guests of my pod. I, I, I keep I keep saying my podcast, but uh, I don't think it is though. This. this is your show. This is my Pop show. Collar Griff. Um, but no former guest, not former guest, but a recurring guest in the show. His name's Russell Baxter. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He does a lot of. He's worked in the NFL for years with various networks, and he worked with John, and he knew John closely. And that's where I got a lot of the whole senses of. John seemed like the content pro, and even due to a lot of guys who are new on the scene to their beats, Clayton was someone he would take young reporters under their wings and kind of, you know what, show them the way. Yeah, he seems bad, man. Yeah. There's a there's a uh, new co- new football company called Pro Football Network. You guys might have heard of them. They're based yes. out, yeah based out of Miami. Uh, the the two guys that started that company are both Dolphins fans, and uh, in 2019 they. Wanted to see if, like, on a long shot, like, if John Clayton, like, was interested in joining the company. And they ultimately couldn't get a deal worked out. But John Clayton, like, took a meeting with them. Met with them for, like, three hours. Gave them tons of advice. Oh, that's crazy. Two <laughs> fucking Dolphin fans who had this wild idea to start this, like, news-breaking company on their own. And John Clayton, despite them having no capital whatsoever, John Clayton still sat down and met with them for a few hours. Because that's just the kind of guy he is. he was. He was very generous with his time and how he helped people. That's all you can ask for, just a true gentleman. Oh man, I, I'm getting sad again, man. All God right. damn, man. Let's let's steer the ship back from sadness to happiness. So I wanted to talk about the whole sports media stuff because look, there's Monday night, there's Sunday night. Those broadcast teams are changing. Hell, Fox's new team's gonna look completely different. But the one I want to talk about and the one that I'm really excited for is Thursday nights on Amazon Prime, which you'll see these guys during the season. We'll be watching live reacting the games on Prime. But Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet are going to be the official voices for Amazon Prime, and also too, that is you, so random. It is, but I'm I'm wait I'm excited for it. And also, I don't know if you saw this, but Kirk Herbstreet also signed a five year deal with ESPN to stay on doing College Game Day and then Saturday Night Football. So this man's only going to be calling NFL on Thursdays, Friday going to some random college town, doing Game Day Saturday morning, jumping on a PJ, going to wherever Chris Fowler is, and then. Doing another game there, so Kirk Kirk Herbstreit is just collecting checks for the next like foreseeable future. 
He's the best dude left at ESPN because all those dudes suck. <laughs> Kirby's awesome. Like, I feel so warm and fuzzy when he, like, does an NFL game already. Like, I don't know. It feels special. It feels unique because Herbie, like, I, like, in college football, like, he, the way he would analyze play designs and the way he would talk about, like, the story of the team, you know, and you apply that to the NFL, there's a lot of value there. Like, in college football, like, when Michigan played Notre Dame, like, and this was like two years ago, 2019. It was 2019. Michigan played Notre Dame. It was on college game day and everything. Michigan won, destroyed Notre Dame. Notre Dame had only one loss entering that game. That loss. Oh, I remember that game. Yeah, that, they lost like 42 to 10. Yeah. And Herbie like went on this long explanation that like you might think some people at home might just think Michigan's that much better than Notre Dame. That's why they won 42 to 14. And he was like, nope, that's not what happened. Notre Dame just did not show up today. They did not play their best basketball. They were unmotivated. They came up flat for whatever reason. And they just didn't show oh, up. I remember, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. like, And he was like, just like him, having an analyst that could explain to a casual fan, here's the difference between one team being so much better than the other versus a game where one team just doesn't show up. And it's not that they're 30 points worse. They just did not play their best ball that day. And I that was something me as a fan, I couldn't really like differentiate between the two. And he did a good job explaining it. So – I'm excited to have him on Thursday nights. It'll make Thursday nights even more fun. And Tariko and Collinsworth on Sunday night are going to be just fine. Whenever Tariko filled in for Al Michaels, he always does an excellent job. The man has a voice destined for sports broadcasting. Can we just get Collinsworth out of here? Can we just <laughs> God, man. Can I I'll, something point, I'll point out the obvious for three hours. Like, I hate. God, I, don't I, hate big, I, don't, I don't know how big a reader you guys are. Do yourself a favor and read this book. Out of the Pocket. This is his biography. One of the best books I've read. It's kind of old, ain't it? No, it came out last year. Oh. Yeah, I got it like for 30 bucks. I decided to take a chance. I'm, I've am i gotten back into reading. Sports biographies are a big one. I did the – there's the Patriots Dynasty book. There's a yeah. couple other ones, uh, wrestling ones right now, actually, I got on my table in front of me. Um, the Young Bucks book. I'm reading the Moxley one right now. Hey, uh, that, that, that Moxley book is amazing. Hilarious, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm about I think hundred. Uh, yeah, I read the Young Bucks deep. one. In oh. fact, I'm looking at the Young Bucks one right now. If I get up, y'all see my junky room though. But <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that book's great too. The other two I want to do is Jay Glazer's book about how to turn anxiety into success. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen that because yeah, I've seen I've seen like the the cover. I've never read it though. And then Mike Florio came out with Playmakers about how the NFL truly works. I feel like that's really going to go into deep and really help us understand the game more. Just oh yeah, the, the behind well, especially like the um, the politics of the NFL, the dynamics of the NFL, how yeah. stuff is run in the NFL. Yeah, like yeah, I've, I've heard Florio's book is good for that. Uh, exactly, and I he, he's a guy that gets a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, but I hate you, you should do a literature show one day. I should. <laughs> I just I'll just I'll just stand here and read. I'll just like read a book. To my, I'll go live and I'll read a book. While I, I'll, I'll read a book, but um. Hey, hey, you guys know what book you should read, though. Honestly, that O.J. Simpson book. What if I? What if I if did I, do if it? If I did it, <laughs> and that book is amazing, though, man. You it's actually? Did it? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Well, why uh, is it just because he's so delusional? Because, because it's like half of it is about his career, and there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. I don't but like the other half is about the trial, and it's like amazing. Like he's talking about, they wanted me to say this. And if I would have said it, this would have happened. It's just a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, he's also guilty. 
also guilty, by the way. I also don't have the book on me, but I just have the cover right here, by the way. Yeah, yeah. For Mox. Um, I'm behind behind on the new stuff. Um, Since, you know, I've only been an AEW fan, like, every two months or so. Uh, but I, 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 when I was younger, like all I would do is read these books at school over and over again. Like all the, all the classics, you know, the Foley's, the Jericho's, Regal's book, like stuff. Like oh, that. the, the first Mick Foley book, Have a Nice Day, is my favorite book that doesn't have pictures. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, um, and then just want to go back to the broadcasting thing. Uh, Fowler and Herb Street yeah, are football. my favorite. Yeah, 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 football. Yeah, football. 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 Um, Fowler and Herb Street are my favorite uh, duo for fo- all football, by the way. Nancy Romo are great, but Fowler and Herb Street is just – Fowler is one of those guys, too. You know, he just has, like – it's his voice and the way he delivers it. It's just – it's very passionate, I feel. He's very passionate yeah. towards college football. Yeah, um, yeah, Fowler's great. Yeah, but with Monday Night Football, how do we feel about Buck and Aikman taking over that? Oh, my God, man. Well, hey, hey, you know what? You know what? I don't have to watch them because I don't watch Monday Night Football. So Les Dallas, hey, you'll be here podcasting with us so we can have it on a mute in the background. <laughs> like, I, yo, man, yo, man, can we be honest, man? They both stink. They, they, can we just be real? Okay, okay I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. They also do Les Dallas Cowboys games now. I think I think they've gotten a little better over time. Like they're like Aikman in particular. I think um, when Aikman saw the kind of money that Tony Romo was making as an announcer. I think Aikman, like, maybe upped his game a little bit. Like, when he trashed Jared Goff in the 2020 season when they played the Seahawks and he was just destroying the Rams for every bad throw that Goff made. That was awesome. Uh, but, yeah, look, they're up and down. But I know Marquine's going to say that's not saying much. It could be an upgrade over the current Monday Night Football team. <laughs> You're right. That's not saying much. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about Brian Greasy. You know how I feel about Brian Greasy yeah. in that booth. And he's, 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 a quarterback. he's a quarterback's yeah. coach now. Which is San Francisco, which which a lot of people fuel that to Tom Brady potentially going to San Francisco because obviously they played together at Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, uh, I've heard imagine that. learning from Brian Greasy about how to be a quarterback. God, your <laughs> life is just you must you must you you know what I mean? It's just let's like learning how to you know be a welder from like a three year old. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> why would you want to learn how to be a quarterback from Brian? Greasy? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Does it get much worse? Does wow. it get much like? No. Oh my god! Hey, that's unnecessarily mean. Former Dolphins quarterback Brian Greasy. Then you know what I'm talking about. Well, well of course, but it's still it's just <laughs> terrible, man. Quarterback from Brian Greasy. Hey, hey, can we just? He's just kind of bad at everything. He was can bad I... in the booth. Uh, he was bad on the field. Uh, he'll yeah. probably be bad as a quarterbacks coach. We'll see. Should I, call the, should I call this episode um, beneath, the Welcome to Miami in Spanish, or should I do learn, Welding from a Three-Year-Old? <laughs> that popped me. I don't know why. That Learning how me. to weld from a Three-Year-Old. Like it's just, it's just bad. Yeah, I'm he's, doing that. He He's the, the the Lane Kiffin in every way of the world. He's like, oh, <laughs> no, no, he's not that bad. He's not. He's not. Oh. Hey, man, my, my, my team almost fucking hired Lane Kiffin. Thankfully, they got Cristobal instead, but... There's hey, hey! When I when I saw he interview with y'all, I was like, "Oh man, if this happens, if this happens." You know it's coming. He's about to get another high profile job somewhere. You know yeah. it's coming. Of course. 100%. Do we buy into the Matt Corral hype though for the NFL, or do you think there's a someone out there who's going to be a better quarterback? It's. I don't know. I, for me, I'm worried about his injury history. Uh, yeah. he's a little slight. Like Tua. 
you know, viewed as like a small quarterback or whatever. Tua weighs 220 pounds, you know, like Bryce Young weighs 190. And Matt Corral is like lighter. Two, two is stocky. That's why people yeah. think he's small. Yeah. He's not yeah, small like, at all. Corral, I wonder if Corral can stay healthy. I will say that. Um, I, I, will, I will always say, I wish Tua didn't get hurt. I really do. Hey, I wish man, he didn't look. get hurt. I wish he didn't get hurt, man. It's not over, Marquise. Because because it every time I hear someone says, you know, he's not that good, it hurts a little bit, man. Because I know he's good. I know he is. I know. I saw it. I know he's good. It's not over. It's not over. It's over, kids. It's, it's over. It's over, man. What's wrong with you? You can't. You you don't think his health can improve? You don't think his arm and his mobility could look? Better? I think it's it's just too much, man. Like you you'd be too beat up. Oh, I have um, – there's something I have right now about from a Miami Dolphins news that just came down the pipe. Big Rap, you want to hear it? Sure. So, Jeff Howe uh, from The Athletic, which, by the way, was a recent – I don't know if you guys saw this. He used to be the Patriots reporter for The Athletic, but now he covers the league nationally, kind of like how yeah. Doug Kai had moved from Nesson to do PFF yeah, for yeah, national yeah. news. Uh, yeah, Jeff Howe just stayed with The Athletic. He just kind of got promoted. Um, so, before I report this, I just want to send my best wishes out to him just because he's just – Got cancer. So I just want to send my best wishes to Jeff. I've had a few interactions with him on Twitter. Oh. Um, he tweeted about five minutes ago, there's nothing happening between Tom Brady and the Dolphins, according to a source. He's been recruiting free agents to the Bucks, which feels relevant here. Carry on. Hashtag at the athletic. So yeah. I guess because – Kid, how would you have felt about that? <laughs> Listen, not, not what you might think because it is so, like, chaotic, and I love chaos. Like, that concept of him – getting announced in Hard Rock Stadium. And from Michigan, number 12. Like, it'd be funny. It'd be objectively funny. I'd, I'd buy that it's Brady. Insane, man. That would be insane. That would be insane. Oh, my God. So, okay. Like, that, what? Oh, man. Um, yeah, so, like, Griff, are you going to reference Bruce uh, Bruce Beal, which is yes. he's the guy that's going to take over for Steve Ross whenever Steve Ross passes away. Yes. Uh, to be the owner of the Dolphins. Bruce Beal and Brady are very close. And Brady has a lot of business interests here in Miami. And so the smoke is that the Dolphins are trying to go after Tom Brady. I okay, think, okay. I do not think it will happen this year. Now, if Tua gets hurt again or doesn't play well and they want to move on, I could see that next year if Tom is up for it, if Tom still wants to play. But I don't think Tom I'm shouldn't gonna... be playing this year, but whatever. He should not be. I think I think I think in that Rams game, like I saw Dan Hansis from the NFL Network said there was a moment where like his lip was cut up and he was walking off the field after three and out. He looked into the sun. His hair looked a little gray. It was like the first time you could kind of think, man, that guy looks a little old. You know, it makes you wonder. My other thing, too, is, is that he's looked he old for years, man. It just hasn't mattered. He's looked old for years, man. It looked, it looked different <laughs> in that in that game, in my opinion. My other take with them is too. Uh, look, I still think losing Alex Kappa and Alex is going to be. You know, they were. I, I'm trying to think. They were, they, I know they traded for Shaq Mason, which should help. They'll probably draft the other guard to help. But I want to see. And also, too, they lost. Who went to the? Was it Carlson Davis that went to the Jets? Or was it someone else? Uh, Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead. Whitehead went to the Jets. With the box, and also too, Gronk hasn't officially come back yet. That's something to know. I feel yeah. like he will. He but said I think he's up said- to. Yeah, he said today he was he was Drew his agent Drew Rosenhaus today said he was unsure he was fifty fifty. Drew Drew Rosenhaus just does he have like drawers full of money in his house and shit like 
Him Ian, for, Roosevelt, Ian Roosevelt runs the Dolphins, everybody. Like that's why Tyree kills a Miami Dolphin. Oh, <laughs> uh, he got he just gets paid every free agency. I swear to God, uh, it's like him, Scott Boris for baseball. We all know how it works. Yeah. Um, th- does this Bruce Rich does this Paul? Scott, what's Rich Paul for the uh, NBA? Um, which I don't, I don't think M- he's Mr. Adele. Mr. Yes, Mr. Adele. Um, what was I going to say? Isn't it just wacky? Because it's, like, it's just wacky. Like he's. Adele? That's weird. I don't that know why that's fun. weird. It's just weird to me. I don't know why. So my mom would come to me and be like, oh, why is Adele at so many Laker games? I'm just like, oh, she's dating Rich Paul, who's basically LeBron James's be- uh, best, like, I'm pretty sure best friend, like, since high school or something like that. Like, Rich Paul just got in his inner circle, and then LeBron recruited him to be his agency, and now Rich Paul, I'm pretty sure, runs clutch sports as a whole, which I know there's a cer- there's certain agents that represent the NFL, which I think a couple of them are Patriots players. Um, but... Uh, going back to the point, the guy, what was it, Bruce Beal or was it something else? Bruce Beal, yeah. Bruce Beal. Is he Michigan as well? or Yeah, I believe so. Tom for business? I only ask that because obviously, look, Stephen Ross, Michigan, Ross School of Business, like you've told me, Brady, Michigan. So it's a Michigan. So it clearly seems like it's a big college connection. That's what I just wanted to ask. Yeah. And obviously, like the, the belief was that when Brian Flores was forced to meet with the quarterback at the end of the 2019 season and he refused to do it on a yacht in secret. The rumor is that was Brady. So yeah, there, there's connections there all over, but like back on, well, we get to, we'll talk about that next year. If, and when Brady becomes yeah. a Miami Dolphin. and, but on the draft, I was going to ask Marquine cause you brought it up. Like, like I have my issues about Corral, but Marquine between like who, who has the best chance between like Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter and Corral. Cause I know they all suck. I know that, but who has the best chance? Is it Willis just because he has the tools, or or one of these, or one of these Will, other guys? Will, Will, Willis has he he has the the biggest tool set coming straight into the league. Like he has the best chance to be good early. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But like, man, I think all of them are just it's Carson Strong. They're they're all they're all they're all just projects. What what happened honest. to Howell? Because how I know I know you told me over Twitter you thought he was too inconsistent, but coming out he was supposed to be like the next big thing. Like what? What changed? I don't know. I, I don't know. He just started playing worse. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't – like, they all looked really bad at certain points, all of them. Yeah, I mean, Des- <laughs> I Desmond, know, Desmond, Desmond Ritter had a very, very bad showing against Bama. I know it's Bama. Awful. He was terrible. Yeah. Like, we all know who the best player coming out of Cincinnati is anyway. We all know it's Sauce. Um but for if you guys had to pick, that, even too with the first overall pick, remember last year it was Kayvon Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, and then his stock's just been going down, like this whole process where, look, Aiden Hutchinson's going to be top three. I still think Evan Neal's going to be top – Evan O'Neal's going to be top three. Uh, the one wild card, I like him. I don't know how you guys feel about him. Is Iki Aquanu out of NC State. I feel oh, he's like good. He's, got a lot of, he's good. He's got a lot of potential. But – there's certain fan bases like it's the Giants where they're just like, oh, if we don't get Neil or Quanu, we don't want to hear it. Like, I feel like for them, Charles Cross is like a consolation prize, which Charles Cross is going to be a great lineman in this league. And and uh, Kyle Kyle Hamilton, um, it's it's tricky because everyone's iffy about drafting a safety very high. Like Notre Dame doesn't have yeah. a great history, but you know, if Kyle, I'm not saying he is this, but if Kyle Hamilton can do what you know Derwin James was. And you know, be multi-dimensional, be all over the field. There's a lot of value in that, as like an. There all- is, yeah, there person. is. Yeah, you know, like, so, to- a, a lot of guys like that don't last long, though. That's the trepidation. Yeah. Like even Derek uh, Stingley Jr. as well. 
well, yeah, like him, he, I remember when he was a true freshman, like people thought he would be an absolute stud, but now like sauce is getting a lot of the hype. And yeah, I guess those guys, the Kyle Hamilton types, the Marquise, they, they usually don't last long. Cause, cause I mean, Dur- and Derwin James has had a ridiculous injury history already. So there is a yeah. point to that. Why is it just because? Is it just because if you're all over the field, you're just taking so many hits, like in the run game, and you're, like you're, that? You're, you're hitting everyone. You're hitting literally everyone. You look at Troy, Troy Polamalu, Hall of Famer, and half the time he was on the on the bench. Dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's greatest, just, I don't know, man. It's just too much wear and tear. Yeah, one of the greatest safeties of all time. Um, but even still, like with the quarterback class, so I feel like out of even those guys, any of the other guys, like. Carson Strong, Bailey Zapp, but those guys probably aren't ever going to be true starters, kind of like how Ian Book was this year. Like, we look, we know what Ian Book is. Um, but for the most part, it's like we're saying, this is a glue draft. This is a glue draft. And the receivers, look, if you don't get one on day one, don't None freak of out. Them. Not a single one, I think, is anything worth talking about. They're good, but I still feel like the best receiver class in recent memory still was 2020. Obviously, look, we know what happened to Henry Ruggs. But Jerry Judy is a very – I think Jerry Judy can be a really good receiver in this league with the right quarterback. We'll see what he does with Russ. And then, obviously, you have C.D. Lamb, which I knew – that's the other thing I want to say. I called this like a year ago that the Cowboys were going to cut or trade Amari Cooper because of cap reasoning with him making $20 million and him being super inconsistent. Shout out Miguel for that one, um, being the Raiders fan that he is. Um, but with that, too, because, look, they know the Z contract – I think the next one up for them is getting rid of the Z contract because – Guess who's going to be asking for money next off season? And that's CD Lamb. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And that's, the the receiver. Yeah, but the problem with the receiver class is it's deep, but like it doesn't have the Jamar Chase Waddle level prospect where yeah. they like need to go in the top ten. Especially since Tamarkin, that's the problem. Like these years, like there, there's like there's like ten good receivers every year. Like Terry McLaurin was found in the third round. Like Amon Ross St. Brown was found in the fourth round. Like yeah, AJ yes. Brown, AJ Brown wasn't even a first round pick. It's like I wonder if it's gonna start becoming like running back, where yes, receiver is obviously super important to an NFL offense, but when there's when there's 10 guys available every draft that are good, all of a sudden they stop going early. Because what's the point? Like if supply and demand dictates you can get them later. Like the nostalgia of getting a wide receiver one of the drafts gonna wear off eventually. Like it's one of those things where I feel like yeah, you can go get someone, but I feel like, do you think the illusion of what we've seen in years past, like, you know, the C.D. Lambs, the Jamar Chases, the Jalen Waddles, um, 20, uh, like even to, like, how Debo Samuel was an early second-round pick? Jefferson, yeah. Uh, I also Jefferson. think, this is another hot take, I also think that the era of dominant wide receiver for, like, a decade is on its way out, too. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think we'll see guys, like, a Larry Fitzgerald or a Randy Moss. I don't, I don't think those guys, I don't think we'll see guys like that anymore. Is that, Hell, remember Antonio Brown was the closest thing to that, and yeah. he's not that anymore. You know what I mean? Beckham, we thought would be that. For yeah, he's, he's not that. No. Oh, can I give another example of oh, you can draft a receiver late and it can still work out for your team? Who? Darnell Mooney. I know he's not exactly a top caliber receiver, yeah, but he's the kind of guy you yeah, can Yeah, he's call solid, him. though. He's solid. He's solid. I think that's what you're going to get in this draft with a lot of this receiving class. A lot of solid talent. I feel like Williams and uh, Jamison Williams and John Mechie, there's potential there. I think it's just coming off the torn ACLs. There's going to be a lot of question marks there. That's my big thing with those two. It it also, to Marquis' point also about not being long-term receivers, and I know this sounds weird to me as the Dolphin fan who just gave Tyreek Hill a huge contract. It's a good argument for not giving any of these receivers big money. Like, 
the the DeAndre Hopkins contract is going to look pretty bad pretty soon because yeah. like even though he's good, it's like especially someone he, like he's him, not he's not what he was. He's, he's not. not as he's aging. He's he's not what he was. And someone like him who only who only even in his prime only ran like a four five nine or whatever. Like you can get a receiver to do what he does. Like I I will argue that Tyree Kill is different because he changes the entire game plan the defense prepares for you because of his speed i think that's different than what adams and hopkins can offer so of course me the homer i'm going to justify why my team is okay doing what they did but i i I did think tyree kill was the most valuable receiver in the league i did genuinely believe that before my team traded for him because it's not just his production it's how it affects the rest yeah 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 he he closest thing i've seen to like randy and that since where he changes the game because of the threat he is deep. Exactly. Like, the, like def- the entire defense changes because of that. And so the, you know, but like someone who doesn't have that ability, when you're talking to Hopkins or even the Adams, it's like, it's good. Doesn't matter how, doesn't matter how good he is individually. You can find yeah. that. Yeah. That's the problem. And, and you can find that with a second round pick who could, it seems like rookie receivers these days are better than they've ever been. They come in and they instantly have 900 yard seasons. Like it's nothing. That is like, true. I, I know, I know, he hasn't exactly. I don't know if he's had a 900 yard season, but look at our boy Pittman was a second round pick. Yeah, he had a thousand yards last year. Yeah. Oh, sorry, thousand yards. Never mind. That, that completely went over my head. But, but he, yeah, he, he's he, a guy, he was a rookie. But yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, as a as a rookie, he was like, mm, but this year he yeah. really showed his potential. He really showed what he can be. Yeah. So if Metcalf, yeah, uh, Metcalf, Chase Claypool, <laughs> even though I know Claypool. His rookie year, we don't know what Chase Claypool is just going to be this year, which I have a hot take about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know they have Mitch Trubisky. But doesn't this team kind of remind you, or I'm just going to say this, if the Pittsburgh Steelers can get average quarterback play, like Trubisky doesn't fuck it up enough, That's and their defense idea. steals them some games, don't you think this team could potentially find a way to maybe sneak in the playoffs? I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> You're right. It does sound crazy. <laughs> it sounds crazy enough that it could come true. No, no. It, look, it's just, it's just a big if. Like, if Mitch yeah. Trubisky is not fucking it up, okay, sure. But that's what's what's the guarantee that that's what you're going to get? Look, man, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I don't think he was that bad when he was in Chicago. He, I really he don't. Lost twice. He I, I, I really season. don't. He, it, it's because he was the second pick. He was disproportionately criticized relative to his production. Yeah. Um, th- th- that is true. That doesn't also, mean he's a test quarterback, though, but yes, I, I, I get the point. I also feel like, too, he doesn't have pressure. Also, too, I like the fact that I think Matt Canada is going to be really good for him to work with, but there's no pressure on him. I think, I, obviously, Steeler fans are going to think, you know what, make the playoffs, wave your terrible towels, here we go, Steelers, or blacking out, whatever. I don't know what their fight song is. I'm not a Steelers fan. But I just feel like there's not pressure to win. Obviously, it's going to be hard to succeed Big Ben in that Hall of Fame career. But I'm just saying, this team, I think, could win nine or ten games if they play, as long as Mitch Trubisky doesn't play awfully. Boy, Griff. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> they, did, they did win nine last year. They did win nine last year. I think most people yeah. would say Trubisky is an upgrade over the 2021 version of Big Ben. I mean, Markeem thought Matt Ryan was washed. Like, Big Ben, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was washed. He was, he, washed. He, he was, he was like, out of, the, out of the washer, like, soaked with suds, head to toe, like, full on washed. I can't imagine them winning nine games. They just did. 
Didn't they? No, they got they got they got lucky. Like they had the Browns. yeah. They 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 faced the Ravens when they were hurt, right? Then they yeah, faced the, uh, the well. The Ravens also went for two. Remember when they could have tied it up and yeah. sent it to overtime? Yeah, they're they, they don't go two and zero against the Ravens very often. I know it's happened the last two years, but Lamar only played two of those four games. Like it's it's not likely. Uh, and even the other game too. The, the, you can make cases. Like you, you think in, you think next year they're going to be better than the Ravens again? No, no. No. Like, Dude, you know I, I mean, like, you think it would be better than the Bengals? Can I have a hot take about the, the, the AFC North? What? I think there's a chance the Ravens actually win the division this year if they yeah. if they're fully healthy. Absolutely, they probably would have won it last year if they yeah, were healthy. They, they were before Lamar got hurt. Even after that two point conversion thing, they were first in the division at that point. People forgot. Yeah, like like what Cincinnati you, did. Your could have easily been the Ravens them. last year. Could have yeah. easily been the Ravens. The Dolphins Thursday night loss was like the start to their downfall for their season. It was. It was baby. Uh, yeah. Of course, and uh, the Bengals, I remember we were mad about that game. Yeah. And we, we see this all the time, like the Rams. Like it seems obvious in hindsight that they didn't make the playoffs the year after they made the Super Bowl and lost, but it happens all the time that the Super Bowl team, like we just like I see it now. A lot of people are just penciling in the Bengals for one or two or three in the AFC. Like we see this all the time. The Super Bowl team sometimes misses the playoffs outright, much less doesn't even win their own division. I do think people were kind of overhyping when uh they did in in, yeah. in the player in the playoffs. I thought I thought during the season they were a bit underrated. I thought during yeah. the playoffs they were a bit overrated. That well, makes sense. It was their defense in the playoffs. Like that that yeah. should have been the score. But all they was talking about was Burrow. And Burrow was fine. You know what I mean? But yeah, the defense was getting three interceptions every week. The offense was only scoring like 20 points every game. Like they That's they so held hard. Patrick Mahomes to the worst game, the worst half of his career. Yeah, he went on full tilt, like he was on full, full like like, like he was he was the best he ever was for one half, and then the worst he ever was for you know what I mean? Like I don't know, but all anyone talked about was Burrow. <laughs> um, and then one one other note before we wrap up today, I know. Big right, you remember my take for this on 2020. Remember when I said that when Marshall Yonder retired, it was going to be a big loss for the Ravens? Yeah, yeah. 2022, uh, so Roger Saffold left the Titans. I think that could be another big hole to fill for the uh, for the Titans. I I, I, just, I I know he's your boy, but I, 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 I just like Matt Ryan better with his situation right now. That's why. Unless the offensive line, we're talking about the spring market. If the offensive line for the Dolphins, for the Dolphins, the Colts, isn't as good as what it was, and if Ryan Kelly can't stay healthy, it's a different story. But for right now, I think there's a legitimate case that the Colts can win the South. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we said, they were, in terms of talent, the best team last and year. The, the they, they chopped themselves in the foot. Remember, they had the they had the game against – well, they went to Arizona on Christmas, beat them. They had the game against the Patriots where they were just the better team by far, and then they lost the last the game of the season, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I had Jacksonville to cover the spread in that game. Yeah, you so know, did I. The Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014 or 2013. I, I, I had them – Danny asked me for my picks that week, and I told him the Jaguars, and he said, I fucking hate that pick, bro. And I'm like, shut up. Like, they're going to cover that spread. Just you watch. And I didn't think they'd win outright, but still. Crazy. That was my best week of NFL betting was week 18. I remember I hit. I had a same game for Dallas and Philly that hit. And then on the Sunday, I picked the Vikings to cover their spread, the football team to cover their spread. My, and, my and sister the, was pissed, man. And the She's Steelers to cover the spread she, against the Ravens. Mad. All three mad as hell. 
Yeah, you're mad about the about the Colts blowing in that opportunity. I mean, it blew up the team. Like the owner was upset. Everyone was mad. Yeah, like when Jim Ursay gets upset, you know it's a problem. Like that's all I gotta say. Because Jim Ursay is usually a pretty mild mannered guy. Here's an here's an here's a sliding glass doors moment. Colts win that game. They're the they're the five seed, right? Uh, yeah. They would have been the highest of the wildcard teams if they won that game. They're the five seed. They play the Bengals opening weekend. They might beat the Bengals outright, and that Bengals Super Bowl run never happens. Good plan. Very, very do, possible. Do we think the Bengals are a team too where well, they what can if, take – What if that's Carson Wentz that makes that run? We're, we're having a yeah. very different conversation. Oh. Very different conversation. It's like 2017 all over again. Um, And then the other thing I want to say with that too is with the Bengals this year, do we see them potentially taking a step back, or do you think they're going to be the same team? I think they'll be. I think they'll be just as good, but I think that the playoff run doesn't happen. Yeah, they make the playoffs, but they—that's it. I think. I think. I think wild card team not winning the division. I would have the Ravens winning the division, and then yeah, they they play like like the Bills or something in the playoffs, and they play well, but they They lose. They lose, and then everyone's like, "Oh man, what happened to this team? They were in the Super Bowl last year." And 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 in the year after, they win the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. It's like it doesn't have to be like it's going to be portrayed as a disappointment, but really it's just you know it's a more competitive conference. They caught some breaks last year. Like it doesn't mean they're doing anything wrong. It just you know like the same level is. So when I said worse, I don't I don't mean that they're going to play worse football. I just meant they're not going to have the same success. That's all. Can't can't, um, can't imagine them getting back to the Super Bowl. No, it's no. crazy. And yeah, the like, the, the Titans. Oh, sorry. Hey, I'll, I'll let you go because I'm going to start a different thing on the Titans. Go. Um, the only thing I was going to say too is big right. You brought this up earlier. Mark, you might say this. There's like nine to ten teams who can make the playoffs in the AFC. You're going to have some of these big-name teams. Like, Disappoint. No. Look, someone in the AFC West is not going to – not all four of them are going to go over 500. They Remember, they have to play each other twice. Yeah. Someone's going to have a disappointing year. The, the North, Chargers. too. Someone's going to have a disappointing <laughs> – like every, every division the, – well, the only division that I see not being disappointing is the North. Like, I – like – the, I, I still say the Packers are going to win. There's a weird voice inside my head saying, don't count on the Vikings, but I'm not going to be listening to that. Um, and then the South and the East and the West, it's pretty much, I think, open season. But you're going to have disappointment. And honestly, I'd rather be a team with no expectations going into this year, like the Patriots are, like your Dolphins are. And I only say that about the Dolphins because, look, how the two stuff we talked about earlier. Because when you don't have expectations and – Say if you don't go far or you miss the playoffs, you're not disappointed. Like a lot of these fans are. Like how I'm saying, like how I had my take earlier about, and this is the Bills Mafia. If you guys do not win a Super Bowl this year, I don't know if you're going to win one in the near future because of the Josh Allen contract kicking in. That's all I want to add. They they better get there. That's all I got to look, hey, man. Hey. Y'all, if y'all think I can't be annoying, sometimes I'm gonna be very annoying if they don't make the Super Bowl. Hey, very hey. annoying. Who's going to cover Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle going down the field when Tua <laughs> proves you wrong and shows that he could still regain some of the physical strength that he had before the hip injury? Because it's not over, Marquine. The, the hip injury. Listen to what you said, a hip injury. Who comes back and is just themselves after a hip injury? Hey, like, isn't it impressive what he has done, given, like, it didn't end his career or anything like that? that? That's a good point. But he's he's not the same guy, man. He's just not. Okay, but look, the I, I told I was just arguing about this with my brother outside. 
People think, oh, the Dolphins' offensive line is bad, so the Bengals' line is bad. A bunch of people have bad lines. What does it matter? The Dolphins' offensive line allowed 50 more pressures than the second-worst offensive line in the league. It wasn't just that they were bad. They were on a different tier. They were really like the 35th worst offensive line in the league. And there were like (laughs) three others in the middle. So I hate when people make that argument. It's disingenuous. We were uniquely bad relative to the other bad offensive lines in football. So that is something that they could maybe fix. And the the problem, Griff, though, is that the Dolphins, Dolphins, now that they got Tyree Kill, I think there are going to be some expectations. Not to make a Super Bowl run or anything like that. But I think not making the playoffs – when the Dolphins had a winning record the last two years, the only team in the NFL with back-to-back winning seasons and didn't make the playoffs in either year. And part of that is just bad luck. Like, w- when you go 10-6... Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people are going to think they should make the playoffs now. Yes, now. exactly. That, that That's the issue. I think, too, not starting the season off 1-6 or 1-7, whatever it was, that's going to be another key. Like, so say if you guys have a similar record path in 2022 as you did 2021... It'll look better if the losses and the wins are not like here's a bunch of losses, here's a bunch of wins, yeah. and then obviously there's a choke job again, and then you guys just laid an egg against the Titans, and then you beat us in week eight. Hey man, I want, I want the Dolphins to be good, man. I want them to be good. I feel like everyone but Danny wants them to be good. Yeah, it's Danny. And Danny's. I want the Jets to be good. I, I want. I you know what I mean? I don't want the Jets. to be I good. do not want the Jets. to be good. <laughs> Poverty franchise. Um, they have uh, not been good since. For the record, the Jets have not been good since 1969. Um, and, oh my and, god, man. <laughs> and look, I think Markeem is he wants Tua to be special, and he's sad that the hip injury means he's not going to be special anymore. But my argument is can he just be a better version of Jimmy G? Can he be a better version, not that, a better version of that? Like, that's probably good enough to win you a Super Bowl. Well, I and mean, that's that's not hard. I mean, and so I, 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 I guess he could. You know I mean, it's not it's not saying much, man. I mean, it's, was McDaniel, the, was McDaniel with the Niners when they went to the Super Bowl two years ago? Yeah, he, he's okay. he's been with he's been with Shanahan for like fifteen years, like everywhere. Okay, okay. When Shanahan was in Washington, when Shanahan was with Atlanta, like all those things. So, so it's, yeah, so he's, he has a, a lot of experience with them, and Tyree Kill makes makes them dangerous. So we'll see. I can see him being used also like what they used Devo Samuel in last year. Yeah, and Ty, Tyree kind of hinted at that today, and then. In my opinion, I think what, what a lot of the coverage is overlooking is that with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, so much speed, there's probably going to face a lot of cover two looks, two high safeties. Everyone's terrified of that speed, right? Well, now Mike McDaniel is going to do that run game with the Niners offensive system, you know, with Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds. And now there's going to be no safeties in the box because everyone is so terrified of the speed on the outside. They have to keep their safeties back. And I think the run game is what's going to surprise people. It's not that there's going to be a ton of bombs down the field. I think the run game is just going to go like for five yards of carry. And I think that's what's going to make the Dolphins special. Yeah. And then also to the one other point. I, want I, to I make... hope you're right, oh. kid. I hope you're yeah. right. I ain't going to lie. I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl. Just I think they can be better than Griff's Patriots. We've kind of danced around that. But, we you know, they've kind of – Dolphins beat the Patriots twice last year. And the Patriots lost some guys while the Dolphins seemingly are getting better. Seems like the Patriots are either staying the same or getting a little bit worse. Mostly staying the same, staying the same to be fair. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, the hope is there. And then uh, the only thing I'll say about the, the I just want to get my Titans point out of the way because it's related to the Dolphins Tannehill. Don't be yeah. surprised if the Titans take a quarterback in the first round because this is the perfect kind of draft for it, right? All these quarterbacks start falling down the boards. The Titans are that team in the 20s, like can kind of do what the Packers do with uh, Jordan Love. They take a quarterback in the first round, and then Tannehill has the best year of his career because that's what happens. The Chiefs took Patrick Mahomes, career year for Alex Smith. The Packers took Jordan Love, 
back-to-back MVP seasons for Aaron Rodgers. Some New England people say Tom Brady elevated his game after they took Jimmy G. I remember the criticism Brady was getting in 2013 and then 2014. Yeah, this is his heir apparent. Jimmy yeah. G, yeah. yeah I, I, I was one of those people. I'm not going to lie. I was one of those people. He just so won three think, Super Bowls after that. You draft you draft Tannehill's replacement. It motivates Tannehill. You get the best year of Tannehill's career. I think Look at Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I think that uh, will we see – Actually, Bill Belichick letting Mac Jones play football. This is the year we let. You know what I mean? Will, will he do it, or will he wait another year and then the third year you can play football? Now, if they make <laughs> Mac Jones play, I'll say this right now with the Patriots. Look, if they make Mac Jones play what they did last year, where they really restricted a lot of the stuff that he could do and make him a product of the system, there's none of that. I think you need to see Mac Jones on his own improve. He's, he's come yeah, like we gotta this. know, we gotta know yeah. if he can play or not. We gotta know. We, we got to know. I Mac will be one of those guys where I don't think he'll ever be, you know, top five quarterback in the league. Yeah. I think he could be, you know, what Derek Carr is right now. You know that, like, middle 10 to 16 rank I thought he was unfairly criticized last year. I think he was, too. I, I, I didn't have any problems with his games. I know, look, I think a lot of what happened in that Buffalo game was a lot of people thinking, oh, great, this is just, you know, he's – He's mid for for all you Gen Zers out there. He's not really – he's nothing more than average. I think he has a chance to succeed. I think Belichick eventually is going to give him – not say giving him the keys to the kingdom fully, but I feel like there is chances for them to succeed. Plus two, I think last year was an overachievement year. Look, they went to the playoffs with what they spent their money on, with a rookie quarterback, and people are saying just because we lost a couple of pieces here and there that were somehow going to be worse, that may be the case. But I'm still here saying the case that, look, this team was still in the playoffs with a basically the bottom of the barrel receiving core and Cam Newton at quarterback. They were in the playoff you, you know, you know until why? week 15 you know because why? of Belichick. Because Bill Belichick is the greatest NFL coach of all time. That's why. Yeah, and, and I'm tired. I'm tired because of Tom Brady. No disrespect to Tom Brady, but I'll, that I'll is the greatest NFL coach of all time. I'll disrespect period. Tom Brady. Tom Brady went to a fucking loaded team in Tampa Bay, a team arguably even more loaded than some of the Patriots teams he was on that had a stacked defense that led the NFL in passing offense in 2018 and 2019 before he got there, led the NFL in passing yards, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and had a stacked defense. That was a loaded, loaded roster. He did not really needed a quarterback. Yeah, he did not transform a bad team into a Super Bowl team by his mere essence. No, he went to a <laughs> You basically gave him the keys his to a answer, brand new sports car. You didn't expect answer. him to go 100 miles an hour. That's what it was. Yes. Oh, man. You that, that, said his essence. But they, no, that, they, they, you're right, though. Yeah. You're right. All right. So, yeah, Belichick deserves that. Like, my fear, my fear as a Dolph, as an aspiring Dolphin fan who wants them to make the playoffs this year, even though Tua has kind of owned Belichick a little bit since he's been in the NFL. Can't take that away from him, Markeem. That's the one thing he has over Herbert. Every time Herbert plays that Patriots defense, he falls apart. He throws pick sixes. He looks god-awful. When Tua plays the Patriots defense, he looks okay. Uh, okay, one, one time out of the year, kid. Two times. Two times. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Two times out of the year. <laughs> oh, See, man. Tua's undefeated, I'm pretty sure, against the Patriots yeah. and the New York Jets, but somehow yeah. hasn't beaten the, the Bills yet. But we all know Josh Allen. For some reason, it's just on another level when he plays right. you guys. Right. But Justin Herbert's – can I say something about Justin Herbert quickly with that? 
His two worst career starts have been against New England. Yes, they have been. Both of those starts, including the rubber. In the year with Cam Newton, we beat them 45 to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I know they were the Anthony. I was the Anthony Lynn team who somehow is now the OC in San Francisco. We'll see how that goes. But that's just the one point I wanted to make where as long as Belichick is coaching this football team, do not count them out of being in that playoff mix. That's all I'm going to say. They have a high floor. That's the scary thing about them. It's like they're never going to go four and twelve. It's like no, they, they always the, have a high floor. The, the the Duke Blue Devils last like seven possessions. They just showed it on the screen. Four of those were turnovers. Oh boy, good good thing I'm talking to you guys instead of watching this game. But, you know whatever. <laughs> no comment. No comment. But it's um, money. <laughs> fine. I've been fine. I've been nice cold. I've been nice cold since last Thursday. Um. But no, for the most part, kind of this the conversations like this are why I love watching the NFL because we get to have all these crazy conversations about things we think that are going to happen in five months from now when the complete opposite of what we expect is going to happen. And then the other thing too is is before we wrap up here, you know, it's we been always before have to expect- we wrap up for like seventeen minutes. Oh, believe me, believe me, believe me. <laughs> we're wrapping up. I, I got to go. I'm wrapping up now. I, I always like the two hours is like where I like to keep the threshold, except for if there's certain episodes. But with the NFL season, we always have to remember these two things. There's always going to be a team that catches people off guard, like Cincinnati last year. And there's always going to be a team like Cleveland who disappoint a lot of people. That's the one thing we have to remember about the NFL that happens every single year. That is true. There will be a team that is pegged as a Super Bowl contender that will have a losing record. Happens every year. Yeah, ha- happens every time. That's going to be someone in the AFC West. It's going to be someone in the AFC West. I'm calling it right now. Oh, oh, oh! You mean the Chiefs? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm oh yeah, more teams take that they're going to go 500. I think they'll take. They're going to they're going to hover around 500. Jeez. You know, I, there's a stat that like Patrick, like I think Patrick Mahomes has never lost to the Denver Broncos, um, and. Yeah, he has lost to the Chargers, but he's never lost to the Broncos. So Okay, well, that, that's going to change this year. I'm pretty sure one of his first crazy sports center throws came against the – and that's still the same thing I have to say. I want to see how he does this year with Travis Kelsey as his main option. Because we all know Juju Smith-Schuster, we certainly know as hell it's not going to be MVS is going to be his main option. So I got to figure out how yeah, he's going to do Yeah, see how Gronkowski does this year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the hell, man? What is wrong with you people, man? Gonna, I thought Mark Hughes got a heart attack when I said that earlier that people I, 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 no, I've never heard that before. Like people actually believe that dumb shit. That, dude, you go down some dirt you go down some dark rabbit holes on Twitter, you can find all kind of weird ass takes. Right, Chiefs Chiefs, um, you know, it seems like they're not gonna bring back Honey Badger, even though they got Justin Reed. Yeah. And uh they uh they lost Tredavious Ward too. Um and losing Tyreek Hill. That's a lot. Around 500. They're going to hover around 500. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like, I just have so much faith in Mahomes and Reed. It's like, I just, I can't see myself not putting them as a playoff team. I could maybe, maybe talk myself into them not winning the division. I, I need some time, but I think I can get there. But no, hold on, hold on. I didn't, I didn't say they wouldn't make the playoffs. I just okay. said they hover around 500. You, you think they'll be, like a, they'll be like a wild card team and they'll lose in the wild card round? Is that what you're thinking? I, I mean, I could see it. Absolutely. I just think they need a few years. Also, remember Big Rat. Andy Reid only makes a Super Bowl when the game's in Florida. Remember that. Yep, that's true. That's true. That, that is a... days of... <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. The one with the Eagles in Jacksonville. The two with the Chiefs, Miami, Tampa Bay. So until and... Super Bowl goes back to 
in Florida, which at the earliest is going to be his 2026. And he, he, I, I just, I, to, to Marquis's point about Tyreek Hill, I just, I do think that hurts. Like, obviously, I'm biased. That's huge, man. I do think that you can't just replace him with Jameson Williams and think everything's going to be okay. Like, I, I don't think it's that simple. Like, they have to fundamentally change their entire identity now. He literally made them like, the greatest show on turf. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like now he's gone. Like now you have to be the Patriots, I guess. The tight end heavy. You know um, what I mean? Can I go back to one of the other teams quickly with injuries? And I just want to go back to Buffalo quickly. One as we position as we wrap it. I know, I know. I just want to make one more point on them. <laughs> how is a guy like Trade um to uh, actually I'll save it for a later episode. But I want to see how Tradavius White comes back from his torn ACL as well. And they lost Levi Wallace, the other cornerback on the other side. Which is also not small. Yeah. They, yeah. That's but nice. I don't give a damn. I, I'm not cutting them no slack. No. Y'all better no. make the Super Bowl. I, I, no, no, because the Dolphins are going to win the division. And uh, Do you think they, McDermott could potentially get fired if they don't go to the Super Bowl? No, no. No. <laughs> no, no. He, okay. Hey, you can't fire him. No. He's well, bulletproof. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. If they go like six and eleven, you you could maybe fire him. <laughs> like it, it'd be tough. I don't think, think that's gonna happen though. Well, okay, I mean, but, they think Josh Allen's the second coming of Jesus Christ. There. Well, yeah, because they. I mean, I th- look. Allen was incredible in that divisional round game. The problem is people act like he's that quarterback every week. The guy, the guy threw for six point eight yards per attempt last year, lower than Tua Tungavailoa. Like, Let's slow down a little bit. I don't think he's automatically the best or second best quarterback in football just because of that game with Mahomes where they both looked incredible. I think he's got to be a little more consistent than that. But the the you the losing, hate Josh Allen. Lose hey, losing Brian <laughs> Dable is not a small thing. As and you know who his replacement is, my guy Ken Dorsey. But yep. still, like there's untested waters there. Like you still have to see how the offensive coordinator thing goes. He threw for 6.8 yards per attempt last year. That's bad. That's objectively bad. That is that is bad. That is bad. And we act like the quarterback he was in that Chiefs game is like, that's who he is every week. He's not. He was great to close the season. Like the last five weeks of the year, he was He was incredible. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And He was really bad like in like spots, though, during the year. Like, like for like spurts. It was like a consecutive series of weeks where he was just really bad. And I Remember that Colts game when they got their asses kicked? Yeah, the, it's terrible. The Jaguars, they lost to the Jaguars. I know I my team did as well, but my team scored more than two points. Yes. And we put 50 up on Jacksonville. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> so, because Mac Jones played better against the Jaguars than Josh Allen did. That, that is objectively true. <laughs> Josh Allen beat Josh Allen on that day. Yes. But anyway, folks, now it's official. We're doing it, wrapping it up. Not oh, holding. Oh, 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 okay. Mark, I don't know what the example would be, but it's this is because it was kind of the theme of the podcast. It's a good thing to close on. Like, if the Bills don't win or don't make the Super Bowl, they could go down as like the Dan Fouts Chargers or, you know, Ooh, those the, like Phillip River, the Phillip Rivers Chargers, like or, the 06 Chargers, the, the 98 Vikings, like, you know, those yeah. era of teams. Uh, that, I like this. That seemingly deserved a title and not only never won a title, but never even got there. Because at least, like, the Jim Harbaugh 49ers is another example, but they at least they got there. there. Yeah, they got yeah. there. So you don't want they could be remembered as that team that like was deserving, was good enough, but like just never quite put it together. So that's all. Now we can wrap it up.
That's a very fair take. I like that. I like that. That was good. That was, was good. No, it wasn't not. Yeah, baby. Would you even say like the late, the, the mid two thousands Chargers as well with like you know LT yeah. Gates? Oh, absolutely. They're in yeah. that mix too. Absolutely. The, the 06 team that went fourteen and two that your Patriots beat Could on the road. <laughs> what was it? The Mar- what was the guy's name? Marlon McCree or the the guy who caught who caught classic Tom Brady throws yeah. throws an interception. And the Chargers guy fumbles it back to the Patriots and gives them a first down as a result. Yeah, l- luckiest man on earth. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, but guys, it's been a great conversation today. Thank you all for staying with us for this long. Episode number 160 in the bag. We'll be back next week. More YWC football talk, more draft coverage coming up. These guys will be back on before the draft. Bang. As always, guys, for your odds, shop on BetStamp, bet, the BetStamp app. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you later. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.